The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, how the heck are you? Good Wednesday, June 21st. 2023 you're just gonna have one of these shows aren't what you? today's that day where jake is a little uh uppity is a, a, a uppity you know, he can't get a nickel for his grandma yeah um yeah jake's a little uppity today we'll talk about that coming up uh fine bomb set the uh college sports world afire today uh and really it was yesterday going on about how college sports is dying and it's all like no it's not it's fine we'll talk about that the utah jazz tv deal has been heavily and hotly debated and i think this plays into the fine bomb point uh and i know a lot of people have talked about this here on the monty show presented by our good friends at the advocates the advocates.com the best injury attorneys in the business listen if you get hurt at work today if you were riding your bike to work today if you fell out of bed in an Airbnb, The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Um, if your coworker is a jerk and he leaves <coughs> stuff in the middle of the floor, you trip and fall, theadvocates.com. <coughs> because the one thing that I think a lot of people forget is that especially in auto accidents and really any insurance-related situation, the insurance company is not on your side. Your insurance company is not going to fight for you. They are not going to do what's best for you. They're always going to do what's best for them. That's why you need the advocates. Theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online 24-7, 365. Where do we do? I mean, do we start with the fine bomb conversation? Is, is that where we are in this world where... Paul Feinbaum said that college football is dying, essentially. Mm -hmm. Feinbaum said that it's all about contraction and ultimately, as much as big conferences don't really want to expand, they'll be forced to take the cream of the crop out there, whether it's the Big Ten going to the Northwest Colorado and Arizona or somebody else just deciding to go to the Big 12, I don't believe the Pac-12 can exist. So said the great Paul Feinbaum. Right. And the struggle for me, and what I've always struggled with in these conversations, A, how much bias is there in what Paul Feinbaum says? Absolutely a lot. Well, 20, I, I, clearly, right? He is, he is an SEC guy through and through. And I don't have a problem with that. The, the, the Pac-12 has its mouthpieces, as we have well-documented on this show. So I don't have any problem with Feinbaum necessarily defending the merits of the SEC. Mm-hmm. But this, in my opinion, I think this is just completely accurate and on point. I actually think he's 100% right. I don't think... And, and, whether it's the the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, I don't believe that any of these these large conferences really want to, um, oh, wow, breaking news out of college basketball. How about this story? Memphis coach Penny Hardaway has been suspended for the first three games 
of the 23-24 season for recruiting violations and violating head coach responsibility rules, the violations were classified as level two mitigated violations. So Penny Hardaway, we knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. He's lost. The transfer portal has not been his friend this week. No. Nope. That's a very interesting, very interesting story to keep an eye on. But in general, I don't believe that college football is dying. I think the NCAA is dying. But, you know, if we're being honest, I think you have to look at all of this contraction. I think you have to look at, at the situation like the Pac-12. Is the Pac-12 in the situation they're in because nobody cares about college football? Because there just isn't an interest level. No, it's it's in this situation the Pac-12 is because of utter mismanagement. But why is the Big Ten where they are? Well, that's because they have the largest TV deal and they have some of the most powerful and successful brands in all of college sports, which is the exact same thing I could say for the SEC, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I can't say that for the Pac-12. I certainly can't say that for the ACC, meaning I think the ACC with this grant of rights completely mismanaged it. They completely blew it as a business model. And it's allowed the Big 12 now to come back from death's doorstep and become a major player in college athletics. But Jake, by no degree do I believe that college sports and specifically college football is dying. No, and I think there's a, a heavy desire to watch the product. And, and that ultimately is what it comes down to. If you take the football fandom out of it and you say, okay, are people, uh, do people desire the product? Do they want to watch it? Well, absolutely. College football is dominant in our TV landscape, in our country. And, and that's where I think, you know, this stuff from Feinbaum, while he's not necessarily wrong when it comes to the Pac-12, I, I think the health of college football has never really been better. I mean, you look at uh, how much it's talked about nationally. You look at, um, you know, just how, how much drama there has been around the college football playoff since its birth and creation. Like, I think that's exactly what the point of the college football playoff really was. I mean, you know, you, you go from computer models and, you know, doing it a certain way for however long that was to basically saying, okay, we're going to sit around a table, look at strength of schedule, look at rosters, look at path and decide who goes where. And, and that set the college football world on fire. And so when you look at college football, I think it's incredibly healthy. I mean, the idea that we're having conversations around who the, who, who's got a better, uh, you know, career you know, when, when it comes down to like the Sabinator or Kirby or, or Lincoln Riley and Lincoln at SC, like there are all these storylines and narratives and things that drive college football forward. And so I disagree that college football is dying or it's at all in bad shape. I think it's in perfectly fine shape. The Pac-12 is the one where I'm starting to look at this situation and say, okay, it's now the 21st of June, right? Keep counting down the days. Uh, you know, when are we going to get a TV deal announced. And my feeling is there's a possibility at this point that they don't get a TV deal That's announced right. because if it was going to get announced, I have to feel, I, I have to believe that it would have been already. And that's kind of crazy to think about. But I also look at, I also look at like this PAC 12 expansion conversation we've been having, you know, SMU and Tulane fans and San Diego state fans are going on and on and on about, well, we won a national championship or we played for college. I think the thing that people forget is in these conversations, 
on-field achievement, on-court achievement is almost meaningless. Like, it doesn't matter what Craig James and Eric Dickerson did at SMU. <coughs> That's what I can't get people to understand is I'm telling you, it doesn't matter that BYU won a championship in 1984. Why is BYU attractive to the Big 12? Why was it such a catastrophe that the Pac-12 didn't add BYU in over there in little Provo, Utah? Why is it such a disaster for the Pac-12 to have passed on BYU? Well, because the, the viewership, the reach, the dollars that they bring, the scheduling, the, 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 the wins on the field are, are, are secondary and really third, fourth, fifth down the list. Very low down the list, right? If you look at SMU, nobody's like, well, let me check their conference record over the last five years to determine if I'm going to put them in the Pac-12. You would only be going after SMU because of Dallas, and you would hope, and I don't believe that SMU does, but you would hope that SMU would deliver you the Metroplex, and I'm not convinced that it does. I'm really not. I look at Tulane, and I think Tulane, why is Tulane far more attractive to the Pac-12, according to the sources I've spoken to, than SMU? Because Tulane has all the academic standing you could want. They're an AAU institution. Like They, they marry up to the current membership much better than SMU does. Thanks. Nobody cares about football, baseball, basketball versus, hey, what revenue can SMU or Tulane bring to the table in the Pac-12? That's what matters. That's always what's going to matter. That's what's always mattered. And I'm telling you, that's why Tulane's a far better partner because it, it, you, you have to look at not only athletic, right? You have to look at like one of the major arguments is Tulane has a 4,000-seat basketball venue, which they sell out. They, they will sell out. Joining the Pac-12. The problem is the Pac-12 is not a basketball league. Yeah. Because in all likelihood, the Pac-12 is going to lose Arizona when they've already lost USC and UCLA, two of their better basketball properties in the Pac-12. So does it really matter that Tulane's not known as a basketball school? It doesn't. It absolutely does not. What's more important in Pac-12 membership? Tulane's basketball capacity or the fact that they're AAU and they do research and they make revenue through education? Because I, I don't even think, and, and I could be wrong, you you tell me, I don't even think the Pac-12 cares that they've got a 4,000-seat basketball venue. No. I don't even know. If you're considering expansion, I don't think you know or care how many people fit in somebody's basketball arena. No, and, and I, I just don't, I just think, don't think it matters. I don't think you're looking at it on that small of a scale. I think you're, you're, you're not zooming in that much. I think what you're doing is you're saying, okay, well, how big is the university? What kind of revenue do you have? You know, have you been relevant in athletics? But most importantly, and again, I think people forget this, most importantly, are you AAU? Are you a good educational institution? And and believe me, I wish they'd come off it a little bit. I really do. I, I, I My opinion and my philosophy with this situation has always been, yeah, education matters, and in, in, in college, it's always first. But I think this balance of education agree. and the grants and the money and, and all the things that these different institutions do on the education side, that's always going to take priority. But I think the combination of strong academics plus strong athletics is, is what ultimately propels programs to the top-tier echelon of athletics because, again— you know, you look at you look at like a Northwestern prestigious, you know, academic institution in the Midwest. Great. 
When's the last time they did anything in athletics, right? Well, that doesn't change the fact that they're still a great place to go and get an education. And so, they're a valued member of the Big Ten. Right? Because they're so good educationally. So this conversation isn't about, hey, well, did you win or lose football games? Like, yeah, that matters. But ultimately, what does it come down to? Hey, Stanford sucks at almost everything they do athletically. Had a nice run in the College World Series this year, right? But what is Stanford known for? Well, they're the number three college institution educationally speaking in the country and Tulane's 44th so Tulane yeah are they a college football playoff juggernaut are they in the tournament every year are they doing anything athletically that is worth a damn not really but they're a good add to your conference because of the educational money you can bring in so that's why I say like this is deeper than just do you win football games I think Tulane's 30th in the country amongst private ins it's a private institution I think they're ranked 30th among private schools. I think they're 44th overall. I mean, they, there's a lot to like about Tulane. Now, again, I, 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 I think all of this goes back to the Utah Jazz TV deal. I know that sounds crazy. But the other part of this that I think is so fascinating is the Pac-12's got to get a TV deal before any of this matters. Before any of this, before you can expand, you know, that's why this fiasco with, Kenzano reporting a grant of rights was done. It was never done. It was never close to done. It's not done. It's not don't close to me. done, right? Like, because you don't have a TV deal and your media rights deal is the heart of a grant of rights. But how are you going to pay for SMU, Tulane, San Diego State? How, how are you going to do that? I think that's the bigger issue. And I, I look at the secondary schools in, in the Pac-12 right now, of which I would put the University of Utah in this conversation. Because I think when you look at, hey, what are the big brands in the Pac-12? Well, it's Oregon and Washington. Like, those are the two big brands of the 10 remaining, right? But as an institution, Utah's absolutely valuable across the country to any conference. Does that mean they're going to get an invite from the SEC? Absolutely not. Does that mean the Big Ten's going to come calling? Probably not. But is the Big 12 very interested in adding Utah? Yeah. Is that because they bring a ton of eyeballs to the TV? Not really. They're not the worst. They're not certainly the best as far as viewership goes of what one would think could be available schools. But the one thing you know is they're going to perform academically. They are, I think, 105th in the country for colleges. Um, they're a research institution. They're AAU. They're medical school. Like everything that you want. Business, medical schools, you can get your MBA there. Like Everything you want, Utah brings. By the way, they have the best defensive line and they probably have the best defensive unit in the Pac-12. They can walk into your conference in the Big 12 right now and compete, arguably, to win a conference championship. Utah's the perfect example of a school that's never going to have the biggest enrollment. They're never going to have the biggest alumni base. They're certainly not going to have the best basketball program and have not for some time, but they're incredibly valuable. Their women's sports are performing but they're not the first school you're gonna think of when you come to the Pac-12, right? No, you're gonna think of Oregon, Washington, and are you gonna think of Stanford and Cal before you think of Utah? I think certainly Stanford, and I think certainly Cal for academics, but other than that, if you, if you look at Utah's total package, it's awfully difficult to beat what they add. So when you look at the schools that are going to be potentially available, I, I think there are really only, I mean, Arizona, Although there's a lot of politics in Arizona right now. The culture in Arizona is struggling a little bit. Arizona is absolutely valuable, mm -hmm. right? 
I think, I think Utah's valuable, Oregon, Washington. All of this to say, what does it matter if the Pac-12 does not get a TV deal? It, it doesn't matter because yeah. all of these institutions are going to go somewhere and they all have dollar values. So while everybody's sitting around arguing about adding Tulane and SMU, you got to get a TV deal first. And I just don't, I don't see how the, and again, I could be wrong. I'm wide open to the idea, but I just don't see how the Pac-12 survives as a major conference, much to Paul Feinbaum's point, which is, I don't believe that the Pac-12 can exist as it is currently constituted. Are we clear on that? And if you do lose schools, and this is the part of the equation that nobody in the Pac-12 wants to talk about. Not a supporter, not a mouthpiece, not a media member, not an administrator. And we've asked them all. If you don't get a media rights deal, how do you survive? Um, okay, let's say you get a $19 million media rights deal. How do you survive? Because you're not going to be able to compete with the, the, the other four conferences if, if you are making $19 million a year and San Diego State and SMU are in your conference. Yeah. I think you are irrelevant. I think you are you are wholly irrelevant in the in the landscape of things. Yeah, that's I think what I that's say. a. Like, I, I I honestly think that this whole situation, you're at risk of losing your P5 status. I I think you, you can only go so I far. I don't disagree with, with that. With hey, we're making so little money, and we only have a certain amount of team. Like you're not a P5 at that point. So yeah, I think I think the Pac has a lot at risk here, no doubt. Yeah, I I think the Pac-12 is in a is in a very precarious situation. Yeah. All right, let's get to you. I appreciate you guys being here. Um, if you're watching the show live, like Derek Myrie is, hello, Derek Preston. What's going on with you? He goes, what's going on? What's going on? What's sir? going on? Uh, Provo Cougar fans, say it ain't so, Monty yeah, and Jake. Yeah, I think there's some shock shock factor happening that we're on the, we're on right now. Yeah, if you're watching the show live, it is it is Wednesday, June 21st at 10:30 in the morning. We are going up to Canyons Golf today, the official golf club of the Monty Show. Uh, we have a we have a an event. By the way, why don't you come and join us uh, Tuesday, June 27th? Uh, which is a week from yesterday up at Canyons uh, to play a little uh, to play a little golf in their annual Memorial uh, Day tournament. Five hundred dollars per team, so one hundred twenty-five dollars a player, and that includes everything: greens fees, food, drink, you name it. It's covered. It is the prizes that Darren Ingram, the pro up at 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 Canyons Golf, has lined up. And we, we play a lot of golf on a lot of different courses. Yeah, Canyons is routinely the best. Darren is one of the best directors of golf we know. Mm -hmm. um, he puts on a tournament like this. This was their largest event last year at Canyons. Um, and I would tell you, get involved in it, man. It's a four-man scramble. You get food and prizes uh, included. Um, Swanee's, you get a Swanee's party and shopping spree at 9.30 a.m. We'll be there. Come yeah, and, see us. And we are going to be there. You get top-notch prizes uh, for all players. Uh, RSVP, just send an email to canyonsgolf at valeresorts.com. Canyonsgolf at valeresorts.com. Again, it's $500 per team. That's for your entire four-man team. Uh, $125 a player, and the prizes, the event, the golf, it is spectacular. Jake and I will be there. Come on out, play some golf with us. Let's have a good time at Canyons Golf. By the way, we need two players for our team. So if you would like to golf with us, Part every, of our team. And be, 
aggressive expansion. <laughs> um, we need we need people to golf with us yeah. uh, next Tuesday in the Memorial. Schemers um, trying to control and, their I know. worlds. Uh, 11 a.m. tea time, uh, 9.30 shopping spree uh, with Swanee's Golf. But come, come up and be on our team. It's $125. Um, why don't you get in and, and join us on our, on our team at the Memorial? Yeah. It is going to be a fantastic time, and it is all thanks to our friends at Canyons Golf up at Park City Mountain Resort, Canyonside, Canyons Golf. Um, we love it. We'll be there today. We play there every Saturday and Sunday morning at 7 a.m. We would love to have you come out. Uh, so come hit, hit with us next Tuesday in the Memorial up at uh, Canyons Golf. I think it is going to be a wonderful Wonderful time. Truck Stop Gumby says, I don't live in Salt Lake City, though. Do you golf? Do you golf? I mean, certainly there are some, someone in this chat can play around on Tuesday. Somebody. Somebody. Yeah, I, it, it'll be awesome. Uh, Clint Mose says, I knew it was caused by golf. It's well, always, everything in life is caused by golf, dude. Golf is the beginning and the end. It, it's that simple. Bob Holsey, who's been a little frisky lately. Bob needs... Bob, Pack needs to do a deal with the Saudis. <laughs> Fucking America. What do you mean? That they, no, they don't. Saudi stooge. West Virginia Mountaineer Lair with Kenny says, hey, Jakey, two holes. Hey, guys. Hi, how are you? Uh, Elaine Tran says, I boycott golf because of the Saudis. Well. Okay, that, that's fine. Uh, Bob says they need two ringers. Well, I mean, if, you're, uh, if you golf well, that would be amazing. Uh, Chester Copperpot, have you asked San Diego State and SMU to play with you? Well, that would be a non-conference event. And, Excuse me, it's non-con, please. You know. That's a non-con. You know, non-con, thank you. Non-con. Uh, Derek Myrie says, hello, hello. Good to see you as well. Uh, Elaine Tran says, the Pac-12 lost their P5 once USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten. Nah. I, I, I think when you have Oregon, Stanford, Cal, and... Washington and Utah, you're fine. Yeah. You still have the Arizona schools. You're fine. You have the state schools in Oregon and Washington. I think you're fine. If you lose even one more team, I think you're completely destabilized. Yeah. And if that team is Colorado, I think you're destabilized. Mm -hmm. I think if, if you lose, and again, our sources have told us that the TV deal in the Pac-12 is going to be $19.7 million is the exact number we heard multiple times. If it is, and let's round that up to $20 million. Our sources have told us it'll be $20 million in the Pac-12. You're going to lose half the conference. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am as convinced as I have ever been with that. Yeah. You will lose half the conference. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Big 12, Patrick. What's up, Patrick Bourne? 22 and a half mil, add dilution for expansion and unequal revenue. I, I, this whole, um, and what's the right way to say this? I think this whole thing of, unequal expansion or unequal revenue and expansion leading to unequal revenue. Like it's bad business, dude. Do you understand that unequal revenue is already a thing? Like conferences have been doing this. It's not like, Oh, well, the conference's TV deal, like in the mountain West. Hey, uh, everyone gets 4 million. Yeah. Except for uh, Boise state who gets more money because they're Boise state and yeah. Fox has the rights. Right. And then CBS has the right. Like, 
Dude, like, it's never been, hey, every school gets the same amount. That's just how much money you're getting from the TV side. And we hear about this. San Diego State's probably the best example of this. So San Diego State right now is making $4 million a year mm-hmm. from their TV media rights deal, in the from their grant of rights in the Mountain West. Let's say you go to the Pac-12. What is enough money to make a move and to completely humiliate yourself the way that San Diego State has? What is enough money to move off your $4 million slot in the Mountain West? Well, it probably doesn't take a whole lot more. If you got $10 million. Yes, you're going. You're going. Absolutely, Absolutely you're going. So let's say the TV deal is $20 million. And you're San Diego State. You're going to take a $10 million payday. How long are you willing to take half as much as the rest of the conference? That's a big question. It, is it five years? Is it the duration of the TV contract? But that feels like an item that is like, hey, it depends on your perspective on it if you're San Diego State. Because if you're San I Diego agree State, with you, you really shouldn't be saying to yourself, oh, well, how long are we going to be pigeonholed and doing a horrible TV revenue thing? What you should be saying is, hey, yeah, we upgraded, bro. We added six, seven milli to our books just at a baseline, and that's probably going to go up because of the college football playoffs. So, so if you're bringing in, let's say, $14 million, after Oregon and Utah make an appearance, even Washington yeah. may make an appearance in the college football playoff. We haven't even talked about uh, the basketball bracket. Not that the pack is strong in that area, but let's say that someone just happened to, let's say it's San Diego State, because I know San Diego State has a great basketball program all of a sudden. Let's say that they make another run this coming season. Well, now you're going to make more money. So that's what I'm saying. Like, Let's not sit around and kid ourselves, San Diego State fan. You're at four million right now. If you got ten, now you're bumping up to probably fifteen ish after it's all said and done. I just don't know what you're complaining about. Well, like like literally, what are you complaining about? Straight path to the college football playoff if you can put a quality product on the field. You're in a P five now, right? So you're automatically eligible. You're good to go. So I just don't understand what like San Diego State ha- fan has always been kind of kind of salty on this topic and i'm and i'm just saying hey if you were to get into the pac-12 yeah the embarrassment is what it is but now you're making a ton more money so what are we complaining about yeah a ton and and the answer is i don't know but this is the great conundrum with san diego state san diego state's in a position of leverage with the pac-12 because is there anybody watching this show who can envision the pac-12 not adding san diego state no I, i i don't know how that could happen how are you, the only way that they don't add San Diego State is if the conference implodes, and I'm not convinced the conference is going to implode. This case yeah, I, I'm not convinced that the, the Pac-12 is disappearing. I do not buy into the fact that it won't be here. Empty. The opposite of full. I, I don't buy into that. I think I, I, in one way, shape, or form, or another, the Pac-12 is going to exist. Will that be with eight teams? Will that be 12 teams that... Are a you know AAC members? Will that be Tulane and and SMU? I I don't know. But what I do know is I don't believe this conference disappears. Yeah. I think it will look vastly different. Yeah. I think there's no doubt about that. The money is too great in other places. The grass is too green for a lot of these powerhouse universities to hang around. On Twitter, arguing with a arguing with a an SMU fan. Nobody's insulting SMU. Nobody, but I'm just telling you, 
It doesn't matter what Craig James and Eric Dickerson did on the football field at SMU. It has no place in the conversation of who's more worthy of a Pac-12 bid, SMU versus Tulane. You I'm, are what you yeah, are. Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter what Eric Dickerson did all those years ago. It just doesn't matter. The scandal, frankly, that gutted SMU athletics doesn't matter. We're talking about, <laughs> well, but it's true. We're talking about today going forward. It just doesn't matter. Dude, do you bring academics? Do you bring AAU? Do you bring research? And do you bring significant dollars attached to all three of those? Oh, you don't? Okay, then we're probably not going to add you. No. It'd be nice if SMU was, you know, hey, we're, we own the Dallas Metroplex. We bring millions of viewers. We have AAU status. We have research. We're an institution of higher learning. Problem is, you're not, you're not, and you don't. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So we can sit here and we can talk about the fact that, hey, SMU plays in a, uh, or uh, excuse me, Tulane plays in a 4,000 seat basketball stadium because that's what SMU fans are hanging on to. And I'm telling you that in the crime in Louisiana is what SMU <laughs> fans on, are hanging on. I, yeah, I'm not I even, know, if you go look at the else. tweets, there's no crime. Go look at the Twitter conversations. Go look at the fact that people are like, oh, yeah, there's crime. Oh, God, New Orleans is crime-ridden. Okay, but do you think that that Palo Alto, California, which is the home of Stanford University, dude, do you understand that three blocks away, and this is not a joke, three blocks away from Stanford is one of the largest Hells Angels clubhouses, and they control a three-block area there. Um... Do you think anybody cares in the Big Ten that the Hells Angels have a club a clubhouse just off of the campus at Stanford in East Palo Alto? Do you think anybody cares? They don't even fucking know. They don't care. So this idea and this, this oh, crime, can't add crime. Oh, please. They're in San Francisco, this is fucking bro. America. The Pac-12 is headquartered in San Francisco. Have you seen downtown? Have you seen Union Square these days? crime what do we like this is what we do this is what we do yeah. this is what we do yes, hey is. uh big shout out to giggity he gave us five memberships today. okay let's go let's go gig appreciate you very much thank you um man there is a a, a lot of people talking about this um i'm telling you the biggest problem that i have is we can't have civil conversations mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem i have uh, John Teal, if SMU is so bad, why not tag it with Rice? Well, I don't think anybody thinks SMU is so bad. It's not, okay, it's not a good or bad conversation. No. It's, hey, do you check these boxes or do you not check these boxes, right? Again, AAU, you know, uh, relevancy in your market, like, you know, footprint size. Like, there's a lot of boxes to check, but but that's the things you're looking at. I mean, it, it goes without saying that, SMU football is not Oregon football, right? Correct. No one's disputing that. And no one's saying that SMU sucks because they're not on a P5 level. Correct. No one's saying that. So it's not really a good or bad thing. It's more like, hey, uh, bro, are you in the AAU group or are you not? Number one, if you want to join the Pac-12, right? That's why Arizona State was so hot to trot, right? So then Ray Anderson could go on a podcast and make an ass of himself again, right? Like... That's what ASU does, 
right? But but again, the point is is that when you're looking around at, at potential expansion candidates, and, and this goes for the Big 12 too, man. I, I like yeah. you know the UConn situation with the Big 12. Hell, even Gonzaga's situation with the Big 12. Like you look at these different factors, and everyone got all tripped up. Like Gonzaga and the Big 12, they got all tripped up that Gonzaga doesn't play football. How the hell are you going to add Gonzaga? They don't play football. Unequal revenue sharing. Oh my God. It's like, dude, chill. It works perfectly. Hey, basketball and all the other sports Gonzaga plays, they're going to roll those into the Big 12. And then, by the way, Gonzaga is going to be happy taking half a share because that's a massive pay raise. And by the way, they understand, hey, we don't play football. We know we don't play football, but we're damn good in basketball. And that's our value. And again, I say, why is Rice more valuable than SMU? Not because Rice is AAU. Rice has Rice is a power institution of higher learning, right? With all due respect, is it is it is it better than SMU? I don't think it's better than SMU. Why are they more qualified for Pac-12 membership? They are. Rice is more qualified because again, go it's public information. Go look at the list Thanks. of AAU members. Anybody on that list that is a major athletic department is going to be qualified. More than SMU because SMU's not on that list. Yes. And I'm not talking about like, you know, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. You're not adding MIT to the Pac-12 as some, you know, snarky little fellow. Grifters. Grifters said, (laughs) you know. Uh, Elaine Tran said Rice is the Harvard of the South with Tulane. You know, hey, could be, could be. Uh, Lokeman said AAU is kind of the NCAA of academics. It's kind of sus. It's not sus at all. It is, it's a, it's like a qualification. It is a, it's a box on your, on your resume. That I really don't care if you think it's sus. And again, again, and I know this is, this is where we tend to derail the, the train daily on this show. Right. Yeah. The PAC 12 cares far more about academics than athletics. Yes! I know. <laughs> I'm not saying I do. I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but I understand it. We're on to Cincinnati. I understand it. The Pac-12 and its institutions uh-huh. are, are not, they are more concerned with your successful research grants than they are with your softball team. that's why I think so many people don't understand the decision-making in the conference because they are making decisions on academics and you're trying to figure out win percentages of the coach from 1976 to 1992. You fucking donkey. uh, Knock yourself out, man. You're not going to get a nickel for Buddy's retirement party. You're not. They're worried about pencils in the classroom, all right? Just get it straight. Tanner says, what is Rice Spring, right? Well, a- athletically, Rice brings a hell of a, of a baseball team. Um, they bring an incredible law department. They bring AAU standing. Like they, they're, that's an, now, you know what they don't bring? Alumnus in a huge a- enrollment. They're, I mean, they're the size of a, a, a grain of sand. In, I, I, what are they? North Houston. That's I, it, it's a tiny university with a tiny footprint. That yeah. happens to be powerful academically. Yeah. Bottom line. You know, like it is that, but that's to me. Uh, Patrick Bourne, Pack is going on the Atkins diet, prepared to drop some schools. Maybe. Maybe. 
I don't know when that's going to happen. Dude, if you'd have told me we'd be at the summer solstice and we wouldn't have a Pac-12 TV deal, I'd have told you teams would have left already. That's an issue. It's June 21st and we don't have a TV deal. Like it, it, How? Yeah, I don't know. How? I don't pure, know. You know how? It's pure incompetence. Pure incompetence. Jay Chapman, how are you? The Pac-12 isn't e- even expanding. It's replacing at best. I agree. But, and... I understand that we're all like anticipating the death of the Pac-12. The doom. Breaking news on CNN. <laughs> That's fucking interesting, man. The Pac-12's not dead yet. Yet. They, the they're the lady knocking on her coffin at her funeral. Right. Did you guys see that, by the way? Lady, yeah, ladies in her coffin and she's knocking. And I said to my wife, obviously we don't know the whole story because. What, in your funeral home, you don't have embalming fluid, so you just threw this hoe in her coffin? And <laughs> I'd assume she'd wake up if you started like trying to drain the blood Bro. from her body. Right? This case is empty. You know. Uh, Riley O'Brien, how the heck are you? He says, by the way, whey protein. Whey protein. Whey protein isolate. By the way, okay. Uh, Clint Mose says Tulane has top tier uniform color combos. I agree, hugely important to the academics. Totally, H- dude. Huge. The green Roll wave. Roll up in the green wave in the classroom, <laughs> dog. Oh my God, Jacob Delambo says Gonzaga is guaranteed a Sweet Sixteen. That's why they have an invitation Gonzaga. to the Big Twelve. Nobody wants to listen to us, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Nobody wants to listen to us. I like Gonzaga. You know. No, nobody. It's just little old Monty, the hacks Good on YouTube. Monty. You know, hey, Marlon Shaw gifted us 10 memberships. Here we go. Let me pull it out. Hang on. All right. Hey, here we go. Thank you, Marlon Shaw. Thank you, Giggity. We have 15 memberships on the board today. If you're not a member of the show, uh, get after it. We appreciate uh, we appreciate all of our members. You guys make the, the show possible. Um, your money goes right into our greens fees. So... <laughs> Sorry if you're offended by that. I wish it did. The remodel of the studio that's coming very shortly, yes. you're gonna see where your membership money yes, goes. Yes, you are. You know, you you will you will see where your where your membership goes. Uh Sam J says thank you, Marlon. Uh what does I already read that one from Tanner. And that is why the pack athletics are down. Well, pack athletics are not down. This again, this is a fallacy. Pack athletics are not down. I could argue Pac-12 was the second best football conference in the country last yep. year. Yep. Everyone forgets about Oregon State. It's a 10-win football program. And by the way, program. if TCU backslides, because again, I know Oregon's good. I know Washington's good. I'm telling you, that team up in Salt Lake City has the best defensive line in the conference, and nobody wants to listen to me on that. I'm warning you, the Utah Utes, have one of the best defenses in the country. Yeah. And Cam Rising and Brand Keithy are back offensively. And that offense is always and is always going to go as, as Cam Rising goes. Yep. They have a chance to three-peat in the conference. It's going to be next to impossible because I think USC is just absolutely going to come and stomp on your balls every single Saturday. They're going to stomp on your balls. Yeah, and they're going to wear I long. Have in this well, is my not balls. anymore. Not after the USC game, you don't. <laughs> But I'm telling you, it's going to be very difficult to beat USC. But them boys up in Salt Lake City, they have a phenomenal defensive line. 
Not good. I mean, phenomenal. 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 I'm telling you, it's going to be mm. truck stop Gumby. The Monty Shogrum is AAU. Yes, it is. Facts. Yes, yes, it is. Sources. West Virginia Mountaineer Lair. Ken, your name's Kenny. Uh, yes, there are massive stadiums brings money. Okay. Uh, Randy Cole, this is awesome. Usually you are on at 5 p.m. Absolutely love listening to both of you. Um, you are both incredibly intelligent and thought-provoking. Thanks. But nothing, nothing about how good-looking I am. When is parade? When is parade? Yeah, because we're the best. I hate that drop. Uh, Lance Butters, thanks for the membership. Outside the echo chamber, it's sus in a good old line boy club. Okay, good old boy club. It could be sure, sus. Man. Sure. Kyle A, I'm a little bit shocked UNLV doesn't get a little more attention. Bigger market, playing in NFL stadium. Invest money into the school and athletics and may greatly improve. But here's the problem. And I know we just talked about this yesterday. Where's the saturation point in Las Vegas? Because you already have major college football not named. You get big games there. BYU-Notre Dame at Allegiant last year. You already have the NFL, sort of, with the Raiders. I mean, they, they're in the NFL, but, you know. Um, so you already have the NFL. We're already getting major college football games, major college bowl games. Uh, you're already winning Stanley Cups with the, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the LGVs. You're already <laughs> getting a baseball team. I think it's just a matter of time that you have an NBA team. How many people are going to support UNLV athletics? Pac-12 or your mom's house? Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't see it. UNLV game or NBA game? And by the way, how many how many administrators want to bring their kids to Vegas to play UNLV? Wow, because that conversation's gone round and round as well. Yeah, which I think God forbid you should have to parent your kids, right? <laughs> but yeah. I th I think it's a conversation. Yeah, Vegas is tough because it, yeah, it is. It, it's just such a different type of market. Like it's not a traditional. Totally city where you've got this established population it's more like las vegas itself is very much a commuter town absolutely that's i mean obviously that's what that that town's been built on for decades and and i think what vegas is trying to do vegas is is reach out into the hendersons of the world and bring those people in more give them more reasons to come into the city right like uh, there was a wave of Californians that moved to the areas like Henderson and other areas around Las Vegas and Nevada there. Um, and, the, and I think Las Vegas just wants to bring more of those people. They, they understand that, hey, if we can get the established, like committed community person to be in our town more, that's going to help us. But again, I think it's a great point. If you're UNLV and really if you're the Pac-12 looking at teams, why would you add UNLV when they've got to compete with all these other teams and all these other opportunities? Yeah. We haven't even talked about all the shows and all the casino business. I mean, again, if you said to someone, hey, uh, UNLV game, uh, it's 2 o'clock kickoff today, let's say, just randomly, 2 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, I got a 5 o'clock tip-off in the NBA tonight, and I was hoping to go play some slots and, like, you understand why why isn't necessarily well, the best fit. And the gambling issues that are pervasive now in the NFL. I don't know how many people have heard about this, but the NFL is having massive gambling problems. Like um, they are they just reissued gambling rules and regulations to all of the teams in the 
the NFLPA because they've had so many violations. I mean, the Detroit Lions scandal alone. Um, but you're getting multiple players now suspended for gambling. And it's a, a lot of it is NFL gambling. It's not even like they're betting on college sports. They're betting on NFL games, which is absolutely a no-no, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think Vegas, A, is saturated, and B, I think a little bit of that taboo is sneaking back in. Yeah. Because freedoms aren't free. We know that, right? Like, you, you understand that. So I think, yeah, I think UNLV, and the other problem is UNLV doesn't really play football. Like, I, I think it's cool and stuff that they, you know, everybody's like, oh, they're playing in an NFL stadium. Hey, that's cool, but does UNLV move the needle in college football? They don't. No. That's a, that is a basketball school, and it's very difficult to rebuild that basketball school. Yeah. The best event basketball-wise in Vegas is the NBA Summer League, and it's not close. So, hmm. Provo Cougar fan says USC could finish third. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, no. I don't know about that. That would be tough. Uh, Big 12 Mafia Nathan, to get the membership, do you just click the present icon? You do, I believe. I don't know. I can't claim a membership because it's my channel. Uh, Truck Stop Gumby says the Oregon State, the Oregon State University. You know. Uh, It's the Beavs, please. You know. Um, Clint Mose says K-State couldn't beat Tulane at home either. Tulane's good. Yeah. Tulane's good. Uh, Owen Lovell says click it, then click on the prompt to get it. There you go. There you go. Um, everybody's saying yes, Big 12. That's how you get a membership. Chad Masters. Chad, hello. Feels like Cam Rising has been at Utah for like 10 years. <laughs> You're not wrong, no, bro. No, it doesn't. It feels more like 15. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know. I don't know. You know, like it was Travis Wilson was the same way. Yeah. At, at, at Utah. It felt like Travis was never going to graduate. Uh, already read that one. Uh, let's see. Owen also says Washington is looking like the team to beat in the Pac-12. Mm. Penix came back and I think shocked the world. But every nobody talks about Utah year in and year out. Nobody talks about him and then they wind up winning. Yeah. And then everyone's all surprised. Um, Kenny says UNLV is a baseball program. Don't disagree with that. Um, you know, Aaron Wilson says BYU was best big 12 ad. Well, I mean, from a reach marketing money-making standpoint, I don't think there's even a question. Yeah. Houston and UNLV were the two best or Houston and uh, BYU were the two best ads. No doubt about it. Two masters says UNLV is a no bro. (laughs) Exactly. Alex says Vegas A's baseball. That whole situation sucks. It absolutely do. Big Daddy Magic says, hey, yo, players, it's almost Victor Day. Best be in suits tomorrow. It's almost Victor Day. Man, I thought you were... the way. I thought, by the way, Big Daddy Magic, I thought you were going to see Ryan Smith, the owner of the Jazz today. Yeah, that's what what you said. Are you going to tell him to come on the show? Yeah, tell him to come on the show, Grum, dude. Come on now. Outside the echo chamber says, talk about dangerous areas, UNLV. I love Vegas. I don't think Vegas is dangerous. Uh, Tanner Plummer, the biggest problem with UNLV is their fan base. It's not large, and there's not a lot of passion, so they're probably not going to draw a lot of eyeballs. It's a commuter town. UNLV is a commuter university. And everyone gets all pissy when we roll that term out there, but but I just don't know any other way around it. I mean, it, it, that's totally just the agree. nature of Las Vegas. Yep, totally agree. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends, at the advocates, theadvocates.com, Utah advocates, you guys, if you've been in a wreck, you get hit, you got hurt at work. How many hit and run accidents? 
know anybody that uh, has been involved in a, a hit and run accident, you know how frustrating it can be. I was involved in a hit and run accident. My chiropractor recommended me to the advocates. They completely took care of everything. Now that my case has been settled, I feel like I can go back to my normal life, all thanks to the advocates. Theadvocates.com, or you never pay a single penny out of pocket. See, because you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. And they're going to help you defer your medical bills. And they're going to fight for you. They're going to worry about all the things that, you know, you have to worry about so that you can just focus on getting back to the best version of yourself. So they'll fight for your case. They'll deal with the insurance companies. Again, they'll defer your medical bills. And the best part is you can chat with an attorney live online for free right now. Go do it right now. Chat with an attorney online, 247theadvocates.com. Uh, welcome in. John Teal gives us $2 to say UNLV has won 10 win season since 1980. But again, you guys. You can't be biased like that. You have to really look at the whole picture. As far as the Pac-12 goes, on-field achievement, I, I truly... I am not even uncomfortable saying it's it's meaningless. Now, if you're if you have won, if you're Georgia and you're like, uh, hey, we'd like to get, you know, we'd like to join the Pac-12, you're like, well, hell yeah, come on over. But how, is UNLV? No, it's not. And there's not a P5 program who's like, listen, I've got to get to the Pac-12 today. Mm -hmm. Like that's not happening. So they can afford to be selective because really, what's the difference between UNLV, SMU, Rice? Like, what's really the difference? Yeah, there's there, not. There's not a huge spread between all the schools we're talking about. There really isn't. You know, like that. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, truck stop gummy. I got hurt reaching for my beard, dude. Yesterday, bro. Oh, that was rough yesterday. I have a huge. Are you guys ready for this? This is. I should probably change the story so I don't sound or feel so dumb. Who are you talking to, man? Just looking at people sending me tweets. Um, I hit my head going to the bathroom yesterday. You guys ever done that? Like, you, you, ever, you ever been somewhere, you're doing something? Like, everyone's done it, I have to imagine. Where it's like, hey, I'm doing something, taking a dump, you know, fixing something under the sink. And you just hit your head. And you're just like, ow, bro, that hurts so bad. Don't fuck. Yeah, right? Like, I dude. Felt it, I, so I usually use, and this is too much. I use the same crapper in this building every day. Okay. There's one in particular. So I'm very familiar with the surroundings. That, Here I am. That particular crapper was occupied by another human. So oh. I was like, no, dude. I need to put the visual out of my head for the day. You know, I walk all the way to a different one in a tiny stall. It's a tiny stall. And the door is like right here in front of me. And it's got one of those coat hooks on it that sticks out like a hard metal coat hook. I stood up to, to, to pay homage to the great work that I had done. He has our full respect. Dude, I stood up and whacked my head on that coat hook. Ow! I think I almost knocked myself unconscious. Ow. I'm not even kidding. Like I have a huge knot on the top of my head. And you know when you hit your head and you hear that, he like, it really hit me. Oh, dude, 
That was terrible. All right, I'm going to move on because this is embarrassing. Uh, Elaine Tran says, love Vegas. Tanner says, Vegas is an awesome town. It is, absolutely. Um, Talking with Raphael Podcast on BYU Radio. Says, uh, and relegation, the NCAA would be better. Oh, my God. I would love relegation. I would. Uh, Lokeman says, you hit your head taking a dump. I did. I did. Um, use the wheelchair stall next time. It was. We it all was know being, the wheelchair stall hack. It was, it was being used. I could not. And I'm an, I got, I can't sit on the same throne as another dude in the same, like, I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I cannot do it. Stall person Tennessee. You know, Jake Gordon says, as a kid, I would always forget my brother's bunk bed and lower was lower and I would wake up and whack my head every time I woke up. It is, ow, and the pain is just like, you know that pain when you stub your toe or hit your head and you're just rubbing it and yeah. you're like, ah! Yeah. Dude, it was terrible. It, 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 was, it was terrible, terrible. Sorry, Jeff Bevan, I didn't mean to make you hurl. Yeah. Uh, Drew Christensen, don't need UNLV. Plenty of P5 games get played in Vegas all the time. That's my point. <clears throat> totally agree. That's my point. Tanner Plummer says, while I was mowing my lawn yesterday, uh, I almost hit my head on a tree in the backyard. So freaking annoying. I cut my grass last night because I set up this at-home hitting net thing for How's golf. How's that been? How's that oh, been? spectacular. Yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah, my wife's a queen. She let me set up this whole thing. Like, it's been, it's been pretty amazing. I got to tell you that. Uh, let's see. Josh says, Las Vegas is an awesome city. Great place it is. It is, but I, you know what? Like, one of the things I'm interested in is your thoughts on sports on TV. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this Utah Jazz TV deal in a grand scheme of things. Because look at this number right here. They are projecting that in 2027, so four years from now, that just 49.9 million people will have cable or satellite TV in their homes. Right. Four years ago, that was 100 million people. So wholly half of the existing televisions that are paying for service are going to cut the cord. That's a shocking number to me. And one of the things I found so interesting was talking about this Utah Jazz TV deal. People, I, I thought it was a home run. If you didn't hear about it, and if you're not in, in Utah, or you're not familiar with it. The Jazz just did a TV deal where they're not using like a regional sports network. They're not using Bally's. They're not using Fox Sports in your mom's house. Like none of that. They're going to be on a, a small local channel owned by Sinclair, who by the way is a regional sports network monster with the Cubs. They're going to be on KJAZ TV in Salt Lake City. Yeah. But they're also going to stream every one of their games on a platform that they are currently building and branding. And they are going to have a number, and now that number has been wildly bandied about. Right. They're going to charge you a certain number for the entire season so you can stream every game that's not on TNT or ESPN and ABC. Let's say that number is 200 bucks a year. You get every game. Would you pay that number? Think about your favorite team, wherever, whatever your favorite NFL, whatever your favorite, like I'm a Chicago guy. If you said to me you can watch every single Chicago Cub game for $200 a year, I'm in. 
oh, wait, I already have that. Right? I already have that with the MLB package. Yep. So the question is, if your local team said to you, hey, you can watch every one of our games on your phone for 200 bucks a year, are you willing to pay that? And I think internally, I'm told by Utah Jazz sources, they're trying to figure out what the exact right number is. We've heard all kinds of crazy numbers from $100 a year for every game to $500 a year for every game. And they're also going to give you exclusive content. You're going to buy something, you know, similarly branded to, hey, the Utah Jazz Pass gets you every game and all of their exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Yeah. But here's the problem. And I, I would guess for those of you that live in Salt Lake City, if, if Ryan Smith said every one of our games will be on KJS or you can pay us $500 to watch it on stream, wouldn't you, as a Jazz fan, and Jake, I don't know your opinion on this, yeah. But wouldn't you just watch on KJazz if you lived in Salt Lake City? Yeah, if you live in Salt Lake City, you're just going to watch on KJazz. And I, and I think that, you know, when when any organization, Jazz or like the Pac-12, whoever the hell it is, you have to understand supply and demand. So so if you're going to put your product on KJazz, which it used to be on, not, not the, in this last TV deal it was not, but before that it was, so... You're you're doing this great thing where you're bringing jazz fans back to how it used to be with K Jazz, Delta Center, purple uniforms. Like you're doing all these great things to kind of stroke the heartstrings of jazz fans, if you will. But the problem is, is that is that being that it's going to be free on K Jazz, you're not making any money on that, and so you have to find a way to make your money back, right, and monetize your TV distribution. So how do you do that? Well. You do it through sales. And this is the model that I've been preaching for the Pac-12. And I hope that the Utah Jazz, in this case, are aggressive about sales, selling into your product. But here's the beautiful thing, and this is the thing I think people don't understand. If you're going to charge you know, $200, let's say, or whatever that number winds up being, you have to find balance with that number. So you got to be able to say, okay, for every dollar you know that we bring in in revenue from paying customers, how much of that dollar do we get to keep? If you are only able to keep, you know, 10 cents of that dollar, you need to sell more. If But if you're keeping 90 cents on the dollar, then you're in a great place. So to me, it's like, all right, if you're going to charge, let's like yesterday on the show, I flat out said, hey, if it was, let's say $100 a month, I'm not willing to pay that. $100 a season, I'm absolutely willing to pay that. A season is fine. I think you have to understand that, you know, the local person here in Salt Lake is going to watch on KJazz. But that's not why you're doing an app, in my opinion. You're not doing an app for exclusive content. Why are you doing an app? You're doing an app so that you can reach Buddy in New York, so that you can reach the person in the Philippines that wanted to watch Jordan Clarkson last year. And so that it can be brought to you by Delta. Mm -hmm. So that your app is presented by a major brand sponsor that's going to pay you millions of dollars a year for that. Mm -hmm. That's why you're doing a platform, right? And I... I don't know. I, I'm curious what you guys think. I, I, I am at my max for wanting to pay for new new content platforms. Well, it's I a am. challenge, isn't it? Like, uh, it is like very much. Like the direct TV thing. Hey, everyone's cutting the cord. Well, what does that mean? Well, you got to pay for like 15 different platforms. That's the problem. So it's like, okay, I can be on DirecTV as an example, and I can have basically everything under the sun there, but I don't get Amazon or Netflix or, in this case, you know, a Utah Jazz app or whatever well, your team is. That's the problem. That is the problem. And I think when you're struggling to figure out financially and, and you know, listen, if, if it's taking 
If it's taking brain power, maybe it's time to pop a buckshot from I Buck agree, Up. Dude. Maybe that's what this is because you know when you when you hit that buckshot, it gives you all day long lasting clean energy to carry you home. Down the hatch, it tastes amazing. I'm a huge fan of buckshot. I tell you this every day. As somebody that is continuing to work hard on my weight loss and you know pushing losing 30 pounds now. I give a lot of that credit to Bucked Up because it's products like Buckshot that help me sleep better because I have energy all day long. So I'm not sitting around. I'm not, you know, last night I go home. Am I sitting around the house? No, I'm mowing the grass. I'm hitting golf balls into my net. Like we're doing all this stuff. It's motivating me to eat better. It's motivating me to get to sleep on time. I was looking at my sleep app this morning when I got up. I slept great. And it's because I have all day energy. And when I'm ready to go to bed, I fall asleep quick. I'm really lucky that way because I've got bucked up and it works. And it's not just energy drinks. Their energy drinks are amazing. Miami is my favorite flavor and it's zero sugar. I love it, right? But it's things like collagen peptides that help your skin and your hair and gives you more energy. It's things like they're amazing protein bars. You guys, I'm telling you. In the description below, not only can you get free buckshot, but the buck bars, this is what you want to be focused on. I'm telling you, buck bars are the best protein bars I've ever had. And I hate protein bars. I usually only used one. I had found the one bar that I liked. Mm -hmm. And so I ordered it on Amazon because it's the only bar that I really was ever able to eat. And the buck bar just smashes it because it tastes good. But look at the ingredients. Whey protein isolate, dates for sweetener. So... You're not getting full sugar and you're not getting crappy ingredients. You're getting good, clean, really meaningful ingredients that help you. And when I say help you, it makes you feel fuller. It means that you're not hungry all the time. It means that you don't, like I don't eat after three o'clock generally. Sometimes, depending on what I'm doing, maybe, maybe I'll have a small snack for dinner. But most days, I don't eat dinner on a regular basis. I don't eat volume. That's the other thing that Bucked Up has really helped me with. I'm not as hungry, so I don't eat as much food when I do eat. I'm telling you, Bucked Up is not just about energy. They're about a lifestyle change. Don't take my word for it. Get in the description below on this show, whether you're listening on audio podcast, and bless you if you are. Love all of our listeners on Spotify. Um, Hey, if you guys are listening on audio podcast, if you're listening on YouTube and watching the show, get in the description below. There's a link to get the buck bars. They're going to send a sampler pack for free to your front door. Get six buckshot samples sent right to your front door. And if you're ready to go head in and you need some protein or you need some collagen or you want whatever it is you need at buckedup.com, use the promo code MONTY to get 20% off at checkout. Bucked Up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Lokeman says the Pac-12 could have took Big 12 teams when they had the chance. No sympathy. They could have. They could have. Jake Gordon says, Monty, what sleep app do you use? Just the one on my iPhone. Just the one on my iPhone. And it yeah, gives the you one a, that comes with it. Yeah, it gives you a pretty good look. It's in the health app. Yeah. Uh, it, gives you a, it gives you a pretty good, good look. Brian O'Hara. Uh, Brian, how are you? Mid-size and smaller cable systems are selling YouTube TV because they want to be internet suppliers, not just program deliveries. Excellent point. Yeah. I think when you look at, and you all know the solicitations you get, or you look at Comcast as an, as a, as an example. They don't just do TV. They do internet. They do data. They do cloud. They do 
because you're not just going to make money on cable anymore because people aren't paying for it. Yeah. In my opinion, cable is cost prohibitive. And the thing that I, I really appreciate about, like I'm a DirecTV customer for the last 30 years. I really appreciate DirecTV. They've evolved. I can stream. I can do all this stuff. But I got to tell you, it's not cheap. And I am a YouTube TV guy. It's what we have in the studio. We have it at home as well. I have it on my phone. For me, it's a business expense, so it's a tax write-off as well. Like, there's a lot of reasons to like YouTube TV. I get local channels, all of that. But if the Chicago Cubs said, hey, we have an app, you can watch every game for 200 bucks a year, and I get behind-the-scenes stuff, I probably would cut the cable. If there was a one Chicago app where I could watch the Bulls, the Bears, the Hawks, the Cubs, if I, if I could do all of that and just have one app for all the professional teams, dude, give me $500 a year. I'll pay you $500 a year to watch every live sports game for every Chicago team on my phone. Yeah. That's, I think that's the wave of the future. And I don't know what, I think some market is going to do that. I don't know who that is. I see that Washington, Ted Leonsis, I see that the Yes Network, it'll never happen in New York because MSG and the Yes Network are completely different and they're rivals. But there's potential for all sports teams to be on one app in one city. Yeah. And I'm curious who that's going to be. I'm really curious who that's going to be. And I, I don't know who that is, but I'm curious. Provo Cougar fan, if cable and satellite companies cut monthly costs, they will increase subscribers. If the cable and satellite companies allow a la carte shopping, they will increase subscribers. They will adapt or die. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Yeah. Is you don't have a, a, a declining cost of content. You know, like if you look at the shows you watch on Netflix or the shows you watch on Hulu or whatever app you want to point to. Yeah. It's expensive to make that content. We had a meeting the other day um, with somebody that we're talking to about increasing the distribution of our show. And they were talking about the fact that content is so incredibly expensive that it raises the, the cost to the end user. And so I look at this Utah Jazz deal and I say, hey, free on TV, great. What are you going to charge me for that app? Because that content's going to be expensive. And that's really what's interesting is like, I, I, I think that you would think that there would be companies out there that would look to partner with, you know, in this case with the Jazz, this company that's starting SEG Media. If you watched Ryan Smith's video, SEG Media, Smith Entertainment Group Media. And you would think that there would be a company out there that would go in and would say, hey, we know that content is expensive to create, but what we will do is we will undercut the price of that and we will sell it to you cheaper if you commit to us long term and we build a partnership or we're the exclusive content creator for you. And so then that would put the jazz in this case in a position to sell that content for a lower price and do more numbers. Cause that's the name of the game, right? Hey, we want to drive the consumer price down as much as we can Correct. so that more consumers buy that content. And so that's why it's shocking to me that, that we haven't seen more of this because I think what's going to happen this is just my opinion, but I think what's going to happen is the Ryan Smith's of the world, the, uh, a guy on that level of business, eventually is going to start to catch on to the concept of, hey, 
if we create great content, if we really lock in and make compelling stuff, and I'm not saying like Netflix level TV show, but if it's, if what I'm talking about is like 4K quality, good stories that we're putting into our app, we can sell that to the deltas of the world as an example, to any number of companies, Adobe, right? Pura, right? Like all these different companies, yeah. we can do that and make money. And that's what is surprising to me. What, like why there's not more partnership around creating video? Because I think that, and I'm not trying to bash people or, there's a lack of talent in this business. Yeah. There is a lack of talent in this business. And living in Utah, it is, I, I cannot tell you the last time I turned on local TV or radio. It's a plague in this town. It, it, it really is. And it's, it's something I struggle with. Like, I, I think it is, and this is a Ryan Smith, the owner of the jazz thing. I mean, he owns the largest radio, sports radio property, right? Oh, yeah, Jeff Bevan. I agree with you. The first guy through the door gets the bloodiest, known as the hero. The Jazz and Sons are going to take a beating at first, but it will pave the way for better uh, for the consumer. I totally agree. But I don't think they have to take that beating. They're only going to take that beating because they're getting greedy on the pricing. I totally agree. They don't have to take a beating. What they need to do, what they if we're going to work in have-to-dos, what they have to do is find a way to drive the price down and still be as profitable as they'd like to be. That's what they have to do. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this plays out. Because I, I think when you look at the, and specific to the Utah Jazz, but look at your local sports market. Yeah. Wherever you're watching the show from across the country today. If you listen to sports radio in your town, how much do you really enjoy it? Or are you listening because it's the only thing you have? Because I only subscribe to Sirius XM radio because there's no sports radio in Salt Lake City, which is where I currently live. There's no, there's no sports radio here. And it might sound crazy, right? Hey, two guys that do a show want to listen to sports talk. You guys already do sports talk. Well, actually, yeah, compelling sports talk for us is enjoyable. The problem is, is there's a severe shortage of it. And I usually will listen to New York or Chicago um, through an app because everybody's sports talk shows are on apps now. I will listen to I will listen to that on my phone, or I'll listen to Howard, or I'll listen to ESPN Radio. But even the national guys, like I just think we've done such a bad job developing sports talk in this country that we rely on guys like you know Shit Bayless and, and Screaming A Smith, like. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, you look at the money that Shannon Sharp just got to go to FanDuel TV. <coughs> like, how compelling, how entertaining really is Shannon Sharp? I, have we ever seen Shannon on his own? I have never seen that. Never, never seen, seen, him seen as a that. primary. Uh, like, uh, it, it, it's really hard for me to, to understand. And again, you know what I think it is? It's the cost of the content. It's the cost of the content. I look at Craig Carton at the fan in New York. Another great story. Craig Carton, fresh out of jail, became one of the highest paid talents in the city of New York because people will listen. Guy goes to jail on a huge, I believe it was a gambling beef, goes to jail on a gambling beef, gets out of jail, goes right back to WFAN, just left WFAM, probably the dream job for most sports radio people to go to Fox Sports. Like, it's amazing to me. For what? I cannot, money. That's I it. cannot remember. I don't know that I've ever listened to Fox Sports Radio. And I don't watch Fox oh, Sports on TV. Oh, you know the only TV. time we, we ever listened to it. 
It was back in the day for Colin, but I can't listen to Colin now. No, Colin's changed. Like, like I'm, I'm talking about years ago. And also, why do you think Pat McAfee's such a big deal? Well, Pat McAfee's such a big deal because he's young, he's hip, he's aggressive. You know, like, it, it's, it's crazy to me how much we just don't develop local talk shows anymore. How much we don't have local talk shows in the community doing stuff. Like, we, when we did the Rayel Salt Lake thing a couple weekends ago, I, our local people here in Salt Lake City were thrilled with it. Like, we had a great time just hanging out. Nine out of ten of us didn't even watch a game. Yeah. We were, like, sitting there just chopping it up, having a good time, talking about life, man. But I think that part of it is what's so lacking. Yes. Like, I think, like, we can sit here all day and, you know, bash Salt Lake Radio or 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 Chicago Radio or whatever. Like, we can do that. But I, I but my thing is, is that... Even if you're if even if you're somebody who doesn't do a great show, you do a show that people will listen to, but they're not enamored by. If you personalize it and make it fun, people are going to stay. Because ultimately, yeah. why do we all listen, including myself? I listen to product that's easy to listen to and that I can stay connected with. That that the, the topic has to be compelling, and and it has to be something that I can relate to a little bit. Something that I won't feel lost on. And I feel like so often in radio now. And even in other spoken word product, too. I see it on YouTube all the time. We're just talking about whatever we want to talk about. We're, we're just having conversations that are surface level, just kind of show up and turn the show on type thing. And you can't do that anymore. So when I look at the Utah Jazz's app and this new TV distribution package they're rolling out, I love the innovation in it. I love pushing the envelope. I love the direction they're taking. Absolutely, I'm about yeah. it. Yep. At the same time, that content damn well better be compelling, and it better be worth people's money because if it's not, they're not going to yeah, pay for and it. And I think that's the biggest issue. Content anymore is expensive and it's boring. Like it, it is. I don't know. I don't know many people here locally in in Utah that listen to local radio. Uh, Tanner Plummer says ESPN nine sixty is the most notable sports outlet in Utah County, and it's unbearable. Everyone there are massive homers. So my sports talk radio is basically YouTube and podcasts that involve all my favorite teams. I think that's where a lot of us are. I, yeah, I think that's I think a lot on. of us are that. Uh, Truck Stop Gumby says, my local sports talk is poodoo. That's not good. Chad Master says, yeah, sports talk here in Fresno is basically one two-hour local show and the rest are national. That's rough, dude. Uh, B says, lived in Vegas for 27 years and the locals only give support to winning teams. The A's and UNLV will have to earn it on the field first, then the support will come. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting you bring up the A's. Will the A's actually spend money and try to win games when they're in Las <coughs> Vegas? Because for, for <coughs> how many years now have they just flatly admitted they're not trying to win games? And is, but is that a motivation of wanting to leave or is that because you just are trying to profit? I think it's you know? because they're not making money on the Coliseum in, in yeah. Oakland. Yeah. I think that's been a huge problem. You know, like it's just I yeah. do think it's a pretty bad look, even for even for the richest of rich. I think it's a bad look to go to a new building and lose. Giggity says, I only listen to you guys for sports. Not many great options in Phoenix. No. I would agree with that. Elaine Tran says ESPN plus is annoying to watch. Why, Elaine? What do you mean? Yeah. I actually like ESPN plus a lot. Uh, Jeff Bevan says there's no reason for 24-7 jazz content. Put on the reruns of syndicated TV shows at other times. Give me quality pregame, game, and postgame show and 30-minute behind-the-scenes stuff, and I'm good. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, I think 
Yeah, Jeff, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just disagree. I, I think, th and this is, the, this is the real problem with the two. It's a philosophical conversation. It's not, mm -hmm. hey, what color yeah. is the sky? The sky or, and and like, it's not a right or wrong thing. Yeah, it's a philosophical conversation. My philosophy and our philosophy on, on video is if you're going to do it, it has to be grade A. It just has to be. Yeah. And by the way, if you're going to do video, you can't do just a little bit of it. You can't do it like once in a while. It, it, it is an all or nothing proposition, which people seemingly don't understand. And and that's the problem is like, philosophically speaking, I, there is major things to be gained through this app, but there are also major losses to be had if you do not do it right. But if you have a personality that's the face of the Utah Jazz and not Holly Rowe. Another conversation piece. Not Holly Rowe. Please. Not Craig Bowler Jack. Like, find me somebody young not in-game, dude. No, please. please. Save us. Not your in-arena announcers. Like, and, and the guy that's in their portfolio already, again, I'm a huge Ben Anderson advocate. Find somebody like Ben who's got personality, who knows the game, who knows the team, that can build relationships with players so he can go to their house and drive to the arena with them. So that he can, you know, have good conversations that bring depth yes. out. Yes. With Jordan Clarkson, when Jordan Clarkson's talking about, hey, uh, you know, it doesn't, you know, I, I can pick up stakes and move somewhere else. I need somebody in this town to go to Jordan Clarkson and say, well, why, what do you mean by that? How easy would it be to leave here? But there's nobody that can do that. And that's what the Jazz need. They need, it's what you always say. We need Danny Ainge on the phone making the Donovan Mitchell trade. And I think all these comments. We need comments, that on video. Dude, all these comments we're getting today about, hey, the, the sports talk radio in my town is full of homers. That's the other piece of the video content. You can't just do video content that's positive and sunshine and roses all the time. You can't do that. But like, you can do Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson's sixth man of the year. You can do Walker Kessler awards. You can do, like, there's moments for that stuff. That's the Homer feel stuff. But when you're doing a, uh, the, the Jazz absolutely should do a docu-series during the season. I need Will Hardy riding these guys during training yes. camp, dude. Yes. I need... Yes. I need villain Will Hardy on tape. I need, you know, Colin Sexton uh, is working his ass off because he knows he's on the trade I need, What I need is, think back to the recent Jazz history. I need Rudy Gobert yelling and screaming in the locker room I, because that's what we you were told happened. We you know what we need? I need a camera sitting just to the left of Rudy Gobert when he touched all those mics. That's what I need. Yes. I need that type of angle. That type of angle intimacy Damn. i need that type of intimacy embedded closeness yeah with the jazz yeah. and i'm not saying it's easy but uh derek uh says i'm on 97.5 sports in utah quite often those guys are easy to listen to yeah i i wish i could agree with you i really struggle with with 97.5 the, the Zone Sports Network, like their morning show is two old dudes. Like it's two guys in their 70s talking sports. Everyone's always like, oh, well, you know, you guys are never going to say anything nice about them because you're competition. I actually don't think they're competition to us. I they're think our, our product is is completely different. And I'm not even interested. Like I said, I'm not interested in having some bashing conversation because yeah. I don't view them as converse, uh, uh, competition. I, I can honestly sit here and tell you guys I put serious time in my car into listening to them. I like I know the product. Like 
I know, I know what they like to talk about. I know where they lack in their conversation points. I know where they're really good. I know when before, like Hans Olsen as an example, I know what Hans is strong on, what he's not. And I love the fact that he joined up with BYU. I love that partnership. I think that was brilliant, right? But at the same time, I, I look at radio and I say, dude, how long is it going to take before radio in this town picks up on the fact that you can't put John Wilner or John Canzano on your show and then go on Twitter and tweet about it and say that this guy's a reliable source? Because, again, he's not a reliable source. And it's not just us saying that anymore. Because there's a lot of times for us in this market where we'll say something and everyone will get all outraged. Oh, my God, you guys just hate this or hate that. Or, or like with Rudy Gobert, you guys just hate Rudy Gobert. A year later, he gets traded and everyone's like, yeah, Turns out you guys didn't hate Rudy. You guys are just spot on with the situation. We see that all the time. And and I feel like with radio, they're in a position where they're leveraged so they can't tell an honest story. And I see all these comments today about, hey, my local station is full of homer takes. I, I, they're not honest. And I look at this jazz situation or the MSG situation or even Yes Network, even Marquee Network for the Cubs. I look at these different networks and I say, dude, if you're going to do content, you at least have to toe the line of saying something negative about your organization. I'm not saying you got to rip your organization. I don't even expect the Jazz to do that. But I got to at least see like some semblance of honesty about what's happening in a situation. If you don't, if you want to cut them some things out or like massage it, totally get it. But it can't just be, man, we're the best, everything's great all the time. When, when you know, like, let's say that this coming season you fall short of expectations for whatever reason. I don't even, yes. I, I think they will overachieve again. But let's just say this coming season you fell short. You, I got to see the struggle. The struggle is what everyday dude relates to. Like, I need to see rehab uh, like Joe Ingles back in the day. Well, if Joe Ingles was I, in your weight room I, I totally agree. rehabbing his ACL, I want to totally see it, agree. dude. I need this stuff. Yeah, and I, I think you I think you need it. I absolutely think you need it. Sean Mirzinski, I used to listen to ESPN LA and lost interest. Ooh, that hurts. Uh, the A's have been a cheap franchise since Connie Mack. Yeah, but they've won. They've won. They have won. And it's awfully, it's awfully difficult um, to argue with with the A's and the success that Moneyball and uh, you know that Billy Bean had there. Uh, Tanner Plummer is Billy Bean still with the A's? Forgive me, I'm casual when it comes to baseball. Yeah, he's an he's I think he's a vice president, executive vice president. Um, Riley O'Brien just keeps saying, "By the way." W H E Y. What are you talking about, what my guy? What are you guy? doing, Ryan? Yeah, what are you doing, bro? Um, Jake Gordon, I'll do it. I volunteer. You'll do what? You'll do what? Uh, Tanner Plummer. Oh, that's right. Holly Rowe is gone. I don't think she's a good person, but I do think she's a good person, but she just doesn't do a good job in adding commentary during games. Is Holly Rowe doesn't work for the Jazz anymore? I hadn't heard that. I had not heard that either. Did I, we miss that? I could be wrong. Um, Let's see. Big Daddy Magic says, hey, yo, play is on Friday. We should have a nice dream party in celebration, the once-in-a-lifetime. Dude, do we always have to talk about Victor? Big Daddy Magic, is that the only thing? Uh, Jake Gordon, I hate uh, hated Holly's comments during the game. I just wanted to hear basketball chat. Yeah, it gets a little the, the cackling, as I used to call it. 
Uh, Jeff Bevan, the Raptors had uh, good YouTube content going a couple of years ago where it was weekly vlog type show. I loved it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, we'll see. I want to see what the Jazz do. Uh, I do like David James. He's kind of a homer, but overall I agree with some of what he says. Uh, and yes, he did a great job calling RSL games on TV. He's been doing a good job calling them on radio. I can't listen to it on the radio because he calls uh, uh, RSL's a soccer club in Salt Lake City. He calls those matches like they're on TV. And RSL's unwatchable at certain times. So it's a, it's a long it's a long story. All right, a couple NBA notes I want to get to uh, here on the Monty Show. Uh, of course, all of our NBA uh, programming here on the channel is brought to you by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. Get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. I'm telling you guys, if you're watching this at work right now, dreading your boss or dreading the fact you had to go back to the office, dude, you got to get to TridayTrading.com. Build the independent life that you've been chasing for how many years now? And how long have you been talking about the fact you, uh, this year I'm going to make more money. I got to make more money. I've tried 50 side hustles and failed. This isn't try a side hustle. This is become an elite day trader and make the money that you, you deserve, that you've worked so hard for. Stop complaining about your boss. Stop complaining about the commute. Stop complaining about your terrible carpets that you can't afford to replace and get to trydaytrading.com and sign up for their uh, 10 day 30 day or their $10 30-day membership. I have said that wrong every day this week. Their $10 30-day membership at TridayTrading.com. They give you the full deal, dude. For that 10 bucks, A, it's a charity donation. They don't put it in their pocket. They give it to charity. It's a tax write-off for you. B, you get their entire coaching program for 10 bucks for 30 days. So you're going to know exactly what it's about. You're going to know exactly what it entails. You're going to learn their process, their algorithms. You're going to learn the way they do business. And the best part is when you're done with that 30-day trial membership, if it's not for you, walk away from it, man. It costs you $10. How many side hustles have you done that have cost you thousands? Here's one for $10. Make a decision after 30 days, but you got to try it. It's a 30-day, $10 trial membership that will change the rest of your life. And if I said to you, give me $10 and I'll show you your future, would you do it? Well, yeah, of course you would do it. Get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Sign up for their 10-day membership, their $10 30-day membership. <coughs> I'm in your head, man. You're in my head. Their 30-day $10 trial membership, TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. And before I'm done with this, I want to say the same thing I say every day. Did you make $1,000 today? Oh, you didn't? Well, people at TridayTrading.com absolutely make $1,000 day trading every single day. Every single day, you're making $1,000. If I said to you, hey, here's a gig where you can make $52,000, would that be a good side hustle? Would that? Yeah, I think it would be. Right, hey, here's $50,000. Here's $100,000. Hey, here's, Go think get about it, that. Bro. If I said to you, did you make 200 bucks this week or even today? What if I said to you, part-time traders at, at Triday Trading make a couple hundred bucks a day. They make $1,000 a week. As a side hustle, it's a $52,000 side hustle. What would that money mean to you? Go find out. $10, 30-day membership, TridayTrading.com. Um, 
No, I was wrong. Holly is still with the Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking not, about, Let's dude? not root for people to get fired. Yeah. That is a that is a bad, bad look. Yeah. Bad look. Taylor Smith, why are you live right now, boys? Just a little earlier today. Be back at the normal time tomorrow. We appreciate you guys had some, watching. Had an event come up. Had some things come up. Yeah. We work for ourselves, so we, yeah. uh, we're flexible. Uh, let's talk about Paul George to the Knicks. Yeah. So I told you this week on the show, <coughs> and certain people told me I was out my goddamn mind. You <laughs> fucking donkey. You're fat. You don't know what you're talking about. When I said the Clippers are going to trade Paul George. It's a mistake. It doesn't matter. Because I didn't say it was the right thing to no, do. No, you're right. You you had this, yeah. Pimp scum pimp, man. You know. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. I'm totally not that guy. <laughs> um, but we were. I was telling you earlier this week, I think the Clippers are going to trade Paul George, and I think the Knicks are a big-time player for Paul George. Do you like the way Paul George fits into the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, he's that final piece that that kind of puts them over the top. I, I, I look at Jalen. I look at Julius. You know, you add Paul George to that. You know, hopefully, you know, if they were to do a deal like this, hopefully you can retain Josh Hart because I think that's a guy that you really need coming off the bench. But, yeah, I mean, just on a surface level, I love the idea of, 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 of Jalen Brunson, Paul George, and Julius Randle. Those three guys combined with role players like Mitchell Robinson, I, 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 yeah, it's a recipe for success. And I, again, I look out east, and there's a lot of teams out east that, that are a guy or two away from really taking this next jump. And I think, like, you look at Miami. Miami's a team that, that, that needs a guy. The Knicks certainly need a guy. You know, you look at everything going on in Charlotte right now. Like, there are a lot of teams like this that are sort of on the hamster wheel of, hey, we need another guy. We need this extra piece. And so, yeah, I look at Paul George, and I maintain I would be keeping Paul George over Kawhi Leonard because I think Kawhi Leonard is uninterested and not motivated to play, and he never has been since he won that championship in Toronto, even before that. But really, that's when when I think it got worse. But if you're the Clippers and you think that's the right move, moving Paul George to the Knicks, I guess, is a good trade. But I'd have to see what you're getting back. I mean, is it is it a heavy pick steal, or is it more, hey, we're getting a guy that's a right now plug in that kind of changes the way our yeah. offense runs? Like that's what I would need to see. But on a surface level, yeah, for the Knicks, I, I love Paul George. I think it is the it is the topper on the next Sunday. The question is, okay, if you're the Clippers, what do you need to get back from from the Knicks to make that deal happen? Uh, obviously. That's going to be a huge question mark because I do think, from what I've heard around the NBA, I do think that the Clippers are in for a facelift. I think that they are going to, I think it's going to be major surgery on that face. I think that they are going to change their roster significantly. And I got to be honest with you, I wouldn't be totally surprised if Kawhi and PG were gone from the Clippers. But I do think Paul George has more value than Kawhi Leonard does. Paul is still an elite shooter. He is a very good defender, and he has been proven to be a solid playoff performer. And I think if you can plug in Paul George and Jalen Brunson and the rest of that lineup, and and if you give up R.J. Barrett to get that done, you're a far better basketball team than you were before you made the Paul George trade. Yeah, and. He's $48 million this year. That's the number. You're $48 million yeah. one-year rental because this is the last year on his deal right yes. now. So you got to keep that in mind as well as far as you know grading this trade. But 48 mil for Paul George means, yeah, guys like R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett's a $23 million guy. 
you just know, just signed an extension. Just signed the extension. Are you going to ask for Quentin Grimes? Are you going to ask have for to. quickly? No, I don't. I don't think the Knicks would give up quickly. But I think if you could, if you could, you know, without knowing Derrick Rose's number, but if 15. you if you put in that works right there. That's the topper that you need. And I think if if you can get Paul George, I think you got to do what you need to do to get Paul George in a Nick uniform. I think that that makes a lot of sense for them. I, who knows what that looks like? I mean, we haven't seen major deals leading up to this draft yet. And Derrick Rose is 15 a year. Like I said, this is he's an unrestricted free agent next year. So again, another yeah. one-year guy. I mean, it makes a lot of sense for the Knicks to put a deal together with the with the – with the with the Clippers for Paul George, I think he is a really really good fit there, and I I still maintain Bradley Beal would have also been a really good fit with the Knicks, but that's clearly off the table at this point. I think you're looking at a situation where Leon Rose is well aware of what he's got there, and you don't have forever windows to win in the NBA are so small. You look at the again the Suns may be the the best example of this, but you went and got. Chris Paul, but look at the changes that you had to make to get there. Yeah. Right? Then you go and get Kevin Gar or um Kevin Durant. Look what you gave up. I mean, you might have crippled yourself here. And now you go and make this Bradley Beal trade that again, I'm just gonna tell you, I don't love the Bradley Beal trade for the for the Suns in any way, shape, or form. And we'll see what they give up to get him. But I would much rather have had the Cam Johnson package of players, the Mikhail Bridge pa Bridges package of players than I would Bradley Beal. Mm. You'd be a better team with those two guys than you would with Bradley Beal right now. Yet, I understand you wouldn't have Kevin Durant, but this last circumstance dealing the, the Isaiah Thomas situation in Phoenix is a disaster. Yeah, It's absolutely a disaster. So I look at the Knicks and I say to myself, the Knicks are in a really good place with where they are. The next move they make could likely define their, their trajectory for the next two seasons. And if you can add Paul George, and if you ship out a player like Quentin Grimes, and you ship out a guy like a Derrick Rose, who frankly, Thibodeau is not playing him. Tibbs is not playing Derrick Rose. Yep. Why are you hanging on to that money if you can make a Paul George trade? Yep. And if you got to give up R.J. Barrett, are you telling me that you would hesitate? If I said to you right now, 1v1, R.J. Barrett, and you give me Paul George. You, there's not a Nick fan on the planet who wouldn't make that deal. Yeah, I mean, if you, do, if you do R.J. Barrett, Derrick Rose, and then you were to work in, you know, another small role player. Let's just use Grimes as an example. You, you're, you're at $40 million right there. So you're still, there's still an $8 million gap because of Paul George's contract that you kind of have to figure out and yep. massage a little bit. But... But I, you know, again, Derrick Rose has a club option too. So if you're the Clippers and you pick up D Rose, you have that option that you can bring him, you can bring him back. It, it isn't up to him. So yeah. you know, I think that's why I said you're right. These two can be dance partners, no problem. I mean, they can definitely find a way. I just wonder, like again, you look at teams on the level of like the Jazz, let's say a team on that level in this year's draft that's looking to upgrade and looking to build their team into a, a, a playoff contender for the next five to seven years. Yeah. I think there are a lot of opportunities like this. Again, you know, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Heat, uh, obviously there's been a lot of talks about Charlotte's situation. Um, you know, I think Brooklyn is another team that's just kind of flying under the radar that no one's talking about. That's a team that's playoff good, but not championship good. So they have choices to make. Which route are you going to go? Like if you're, if you are, 
the the if you're one of these Eastern Conference teams, you have business to do. You cannot just sit around. So again, yeah, the Clippers, the Suns, uh, I, I, the Nuggets are already making trade picks and stuff and operating. There will be a lot of business done in this window before the season starts. And it's going to come down to who's the best executive, which is why I come right back to the point of evangelizing for Danny Ainge, because this is primarily where Danny Ainge has dominated people. This is where Danny Ainge has made his resume and his career and his reputation. So I, I think, you know, when I look at the Paul George situation, it makes me think, hey, the Utah Jazz could, could be a third team. They could get in on it. They could find a way. And that's what excites me about this time right now. Yeah, I think the situation with Derrick Rose is a big one. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the, the Knicks hold all the cards there. I think that you have to be aggressive up until the option deadline on him. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can, because you don't really have another guy that you want to deal there. I, I look at some of these deals, you know, the, the, the Evan Fournier's of the world. I think Derek Rose at $15.6 million on a team option is a really easy to trade contract. Small note on that option though, that deadline portion you were just talking about. Yeah. The deadline's the twenty fourth, three days from now. Yeah. So you kinda have to make a decision, which is why I think to your point, you're hearing all this Paul George smoke, because they gotta decide, they gotta do something. Yeah, I think you have pieces to move there. Yeah. I'm curious I I'm also curious on the Knicks how married to Mitchell Robinson they are. Because everybody was excited with that deal they brought him back on, but I don't, I don't know that that exactly worked out. I, I really don't. Yeah. Um. You know, we'll see. Let's see. Jeff Evans says Knicks would be stupid to trade for PG thirteen. These young teams leverage their future, thinking they are one piece away. Clippers would be smart to break up Kawhi and PG thirteen duo, though. I think Paul George is exactly what the Knicks need mm -hmm. because they are. And R.J. Barrett was that. We saw it during the playoffs. R.J. Yeah. Barrett was really good, and he was really bad. If you put Paul George on that team, and I think you continue, because they're, I mean, they, they have all the pieces that they need. They can do anything they like. They have, they have it all. You need to supplement. Josh Hart's a very interesting point. I think he's a critical performer for them. And I, I do think they would, if they had their druthers, they probably would, would trade Mitchell Robinson. Mm. I, that's just a guess because you don't necessarily, I mean, I don't know how you deal with Joel Embiid. He's not it though. He's not that guy. So I think, not I think that guy in what sense, what do you mean? I just don't think Mitchell Robinson's the guy you put out there to, to deal with, with a, with a Joel Embiid. Like uh, yeah. I'm looking at builds like the Pistons, the, the teams that are going to be active, I would think Philly would have some activity. The Pistons will be active. I think the Bulls are going to trade Zach Levine. Mm -hmm. um, I think Milwaukee's in for a bit of a, a restructure. Like I think there's going to be a lot of activity, a lot of activity. I don't. It, Brooklyn's an interesting fit. Like yeah, the Knicks are going to be one of the most active teams in the East. I think this summer and and in and around the draft, and I think the Derrick Roses. I think. You look at Evan Fournier's deal. I know I just mentioned him, but you look at some of these other guys, like you, you look at the, you know, like Quentin Grimes is on a, a team deal that was exercised now. Like he's, he's your guy. Like I, I, I don't see them giving him up. Yeah. You know, and, and it'll just be interesting to see 
who they bring back and who they do not. You know, the the core of this team I don't think is going to change. I think they hang on to Julius. I think, obviously, Jalen. I think Josh Hart's really important. Isaiah Hartenstein, I think. Emmanuel quickly, like those, those guys. But other than that, I don't, I don't, I think they would trade RJ Barrett today if they could. Yeah. If they, and, and not to keep picking on a scab here, but if they could go back and make the Donovan Mitchell deal, come on. <coughs> I think we all recognize <coughs> they would do that. They, they would. Uh, Tanner says PG 13 would fit perfectly with the Knicks. That team would, with George could make a run at the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they could. I agree. I, I think agree. they could, and I think Paul George is also in a position where, A, he's got to stay healthy and he knows it, but Paul George is a grinder. He's a hard worker, and he's a gym rat, and he's a guy that works his body hard, so I would think he would come back in shape. Uh, Taylor Smith says if he can stay healthy, PG-13 will, with Brunson and Randall would go deep in the playoffs. Totally agree, 100%. Uh, Jeff Bevan, Derek Rose is a team option this summer. He can be a free agent if the Knicks decide not to pick up his option. I think they would much rather pick it up and trade him. Well, that's the conversation. Because, again, you've got today, tomorrow, and then Friday you got to pick up the option or let him go. Yeah. And so three days maybe in normal time isn't a lot of time, but three days in terms of making a deal is plenty of time. You can – I mean, you're you, – all it is is – Hey, if he's the Clippers and I'm the Knicks, I got to call him, have an initial conversation, yes. understand what they want, look at my books, look at my, or if I understand off the top of my head, you can, you, I mean, you can put a deal together in literally five minutes. Yes. It's just, it just comes down to negotiating. And like when they were negotiating, when the Jazz and when Danny uh, was negotiating with the Knicks, they wanted Grimes and the Knicks didn't want to give up Grimes. So you wind up not doing a deal. Yep. That's what slows things up. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that. I think Paul George has to be on board with it as well. But if you're going to ship Paul George out of Los Angeles, I think it's going to have to be Philly, Boston, New York. He won't be in the Western Conference. You cannot trade him in the West. No. You you, you just can't. Uh, Bevan says healthy PG-13 would be a great addition, but his health is unreliable. It's a coin toss whether or not he will be healthy for the playoffs. I think that knee injury last year was a freak accident. Yeah. Like that hyperextension, he got lucky he didn't tear it up. But that was a freak accident. Like, I don't view Paul George as a guy. I think he's much more of a load management guy than he is an injury guy, mm-hmm. which I hate, by the way. And I let, that's why I like the minimums. Uh, Riley O'Brien, what's up, dude? Jake and Monty, what is the likelihood, in your opinion, that Jazz make a trade tomorrow during the draft? I think, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a Jazz guy this morning. And we were talking about the fact that they're, they are really busy on the phones. They're, but the Jazz are always busy on the phones. It's Danny Ainge, man. I, I think they would really like to get up four, five, six. I, I think the Utah Jazz, when you look at, they're focused on, a, on an experienced point guard. I think they, this situation at the top of the draft is fascinating to me. Like, I think Charlotte, uh, Charlotte is likely not going to take Scoot Henderson. And this is, I want to understand this. I really want to understand this. I need to, I need to wrap my head around the fact that you're going to take, the rumors are that Charlotte is, has locked in on Brandon Miller. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And the guy can shoot. He can't finish at the rim to save his life. But Brandon Miller can play in the paint. He's got mid-range. He, his workouts, from what I understand, he has been knocked down from three at the NBA level. He has really shot it well. But have you no concerns about what happened with him off the court? Apparently not. I mean, this cat was allegedly and accused of, not charged, but was alleged to have been at the scene of, at a minimum, at the scene of a, a major shooting. And I, I, I just don't know how you bring that into your <coughs> circle right now if you're Charlotte. With all the issues with Ja right now. And with all the issues around LaMelo. Yes. And the, the flash and the fact that he, he allegedly drives around Charlotte like an asshole in his sports cars. And he's got this McLaren and he routinely runs red lights in downtown Charlotte and does not care. Like he's a, he, he is a guy and there's a lot of people who are saying that LaMelo is a wee bit young and unprofessional and that he doesn't build his body and he doesn't go to bed and he doesn't always eat well. And dudes, like, is this the guy you want to bring in? He's 21. Yeah, hey. LaMelo. So it's a big question because LaMelo Ball, in my opinion, when he's healthy and again, here's another problem with LaMelo, hasn't been healthy. Who knew one of the one of the Ball brothers is hurt? Because Lonzo's career, there's a lot of people who think his career's over. Lonzo, think that's HIPAA with this knee situation. Yeah. And Lamelo's been hurt constantly, and he's not exactly been the most reliable cat off the floor. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd take a risk on character. And I look well, I just at. I don't think there's a need to. That's the thing. And listen, I understand 6'9", 200, knockdown three-point shooter, good mid-range player. Dude, that's an NBA guy. I understand that. But I think some of these NBA folks think they can change people like Zion Williamson. And you can't. And so as far as the Jazz go, I think if it's obviously Victor's the way at number one. Right. Brandon Miller, number two. Now all of a sudden, Portland's on the board at number three with Scoot Henderson sitting there. What do you do there? Don't you, if you're Portland, don't you trade that pick? How do you not trade? And here we go with Portland again. And the question now becomes, yeah. Okay. Well, if it's Portland, are you keeping Dame or are you trading Dame? <coughs> Which now seems to be a daily question around the NBA. Is Dame in? Is Dame out? Does Dame want to go to the Lakers? Is he ready to finally make a move? I don't know. But I can tell you this, if I'm training Damian Lillard, I'm taking a point guard. Yep. I am taking, and if I'm trading Damian Lillard, I'm taking Scoot Henderson. Because that's an NBA-ready dude as well. What that guy's done in his workouts with his shot, because there were some people that wondered about, Scoot's got all this athletic ability, he's built like a rock, like kid can play. Can he shoot? And he has shown in his workouts, he refined his shooting mechanics, and he is knocking it down from the NBA three. Mm-hmm. I would be all over Scoot Henderson. But now look what that does to the Houston Rockets at number four. And this is where the Jazz come in. Because the Jazz, from what I understand, are locked on a point guard. They understand that right now, point guard guy. Because I, I still maintain, I think Colin Sexton's available. He's mid is what he is. He's available. He's somebody that you can 
if you're selling him, you're going to say, yeah, dude, this guy was awesome. You can develop him. Let, let's get a deal done. Right? I think he's available. I, yeah. think, I think Colin Sexton is available for trade. And I'm not ready to say I know, but I've heard it too many times that the Jazz are shopping Colin Sexton. And I think, I think if, you have, if you have access to Ammon Thompson and you don't move up to get him from the Rockets at number four, I think you are crazy. Because Ammon Thompson at number four, and I think you're going to have to give up a lot to get him. You're going to have to certainly give up an additional number one. You are probably going to have to give up a player in in that. You're probably giving up two picks and a player to get him. Mm-hmm. Does Houston have any interest in a Colin Sexton? No. Probably not. Probably not. So I don't know. Do they have the balls to make a trade? Sure they do. But the biggest question, in my opinion, is do the Jazz have the players to make a trade? That's a huge question mark. Yeah. Because you can have you can have Ammon Thompson, Anthony Black. Those guys are going to be available to you. What are you willing to give up to get them? And if, it, if my sources are correct, the Jazz are locked on the, their guy. And I think it's... I, I, I've, heard, I've heard Anthony Black from the very beginning. Yeah. Cam Whitmore's a guy I know they really like. But I think Ammon Thompson is the guy. If I could get my hands on Ammon Thompson, dude. Yeah. 6'7", 220. NBA body. Now, he's an overtime elite guy. So he's not an experienced point guard. And I know they would rather have an experienced point guard. But... But you can develop him. You can see the path. I mean, it's not like this guy has major flaws or like he just needs playing time. That's it. That's it. I don't know. I I think there's some really interesting. I'm just looking at the point guard rankings. I I don't know how you beat 6-7-2-10 Anthony Black. Yeah. But the the upside on Ammon Thompson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're the Jazz, oh. what was the point of doing the Rudy trade if you're not going to move up right here? If you're not going to move up to number four, sell me on why you why why we care about you know you and your twenty picks, right? Like, isn't that the isn't oh. this why you did that? I mean, I look at this and I say, hey, point guard's a massive need. Move up. I wouldn't go top three, but I would go four. That's where I'd go. And I, I'm okay if if you if you give up that sixteenth pick. And you wind up with an Ammon Thompson or uh, even Cam Whitmore. I'd be okay with that. Does that 16th pick cost you Nick Smith? Probably does. Does that 16th pick cost you, you know, like a, a who's another? Like, look at power forwards, right? Because I, my guess is you're going to take a 3-4 guy, mm-hmm. right? I would, you know, a... Um, I don't even know who would be the best available power forward at 16. I mean, I, I would imagine really difficult to say. that is really difficult to say. Yeah, Chris, Chris Murray from Iowa is really good. I would think he would be there. I mean, but, but again, I'm the guy that tells you I, I, still, I still think Leonard Miller from the G League um, or Amari Bailey from... UCLA is going to be really good. Like, I'm looking at guys in the 30s. Yeah. 
Like if you move down, if you if you make a trade with Detroit at five and you wind up with their thirty first pick, and you can get a Derek Whitehead from Duke. Yep. Yeah. So you wind up with your point guard of Anthony Black and Derek Whitehead. It's pretty good. That's a pretty good draft. That's a pretty good draft, yeah. right? Or if you if you look at you know pick swaps with Charlotte and you wind up at twenty seven. You know, like you're going to get good players down there. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a matter of what do you value? And I happen to know, based on people I've talked to, they value point guard in this draft. Yeah. As they should. And I, I think that I think the Jazz are, are going to make the, I think the Jazz are going to make a significant, and when I say significant, they're going to move up in this draft. I, I'd be really surprised if they traded, if they stayed at nine, if they didn't yeah. trade out. Yeah. I'd be, I would be. I just, again, I, I'm really just, surprised. I'm going to keep making the point. You have all this ammunition. Now it's time to use it. It's time to use it. We'll see. Uh, Tanner T says going to compete with Pat McAfee for sports talk during the day. Bold strategy. We're not. Today's a special day. Schedule, mean, you know. B says the Detroit Lions new football helmet design is absolutely terrible. I'm a firm believer if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Here Whoa, we go. What? Really? You think their new helmet's terrible? I don't hate that at all. I wasn't a huge fan of the lion itself. I thought they could have done better there, but I love the blue. I love know. the matte blue. Yeah, the matte blue is pretty. I love that they're not a blue and white. It's a blue and gray. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, th those will look slick on TV, no question. Yeah, I agree. I, I, don't, uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I, think, I actually think they look fine. Yeah. But that's just me. Never wrong to mix in some... Uh, some NFL there, appreciate it. Uh, depressed Snoopy says, how do I become a member? I think you just hit the join button. Yeah. That's it. You just hit the join button. Uh, Landon Davis, do you guys have a prospect you love at late lottery mid-teen range? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of those. Um, I, I mean, I, there's some, like Cody Bufkin's an interesting, and in, 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 like Bufkin from Michigan's a really interesting prospect. Um, Taylor Hendricks is a guy 10 to 15 yeah. who should be who should be picked in that range. He will be a good player. Um, Kula, uh, Kulabali, whose name I can never pronounce. Bilal mm -hmm. Kulabali. The old Frenchman. Um yeah, I think he's really interesting. Nick Smith from the point guard, Nick Smith from Arkansas. Um, you know, Keontae George from Baylor, certainly. I'm not, I don't know what my feelings on Grady Dick are. That's an interesting cat. Well, I mean, I think, you know, if we're trying to do the whole spectrum thing on Grady Dick, the low end, I think, is a bench player who's a solid contributor every night. The high end, I think, is an all star a couple times in his career. Uh, you know, really, really quality contributor in a starting five, but never like a superstar guy. But it's him or Jordan Hawkins, mm -hmm. right? Jordan Hawkins is a guy, if, if you're picking it 12 through 16, you're probably going to have a shot at Jordan Hawkins. I mean, that's a cat that won a national championship, right? Yeah. That's a cat that you, I, I would think you believe in. It's 6'5", 185. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are Atlanta, the Jazz, the Lakers, yeah, I wouldn't think he'd get down to Houston at twenty. But if you're Miami, Golden State, like you're going to have a shot at him there, depending on trades. Like today, right now, I would think that you would have a shot at him there. You know, I, but yeah. 
who knows. Uh, Brady Cook, what would they have to trade to get inside the top six? I think multiple draft picks. Yeah. I think you'd have to trade multiple draft picks. I think to get four, to get up to four, you'd probably have to give up a player as well. And I don't know how, how ready I am to do that. You know, like that's yeah. a, to me, that's a, that's a big question. Yeah. I think that again, you have to be, you have to be careful. You can't, you don't want to mess this up if you're Danny Ainge, but I think it would be difficult in this particular situation to mess it up. I mean, again, you have all this ammunition. Yeah. You have all the experience of the Celtics builds that he went through, so he knows you know what he's looking to do and and kind of the path he's looking to take this yep. franchise on. And, and again, I, I just think that you didn't put yourself through the pain of the Donovan Rudy stuff to not no, move up. No, you did not. No, you did not. I I think certainly that's a that's a really good point that you didn't go through all of that pain. Yeah, all of that pain to say, yeah, you know. <coughs> we're just going to trade out. <coughs> we're just, we're going to, you're not doing that. If you can get Ammon Thompson, you're going after him. I, how do you not? Right. That'd, that'd be like passing on a Papa Murphy's calzone. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do calzones. Papa Murphy's does calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do the calzones. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with fresh ingredients and hand-shredded cheese tucked in a scratch-made dough. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. You don't forget the calzones. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Make sure you download the Papa Murphy's mobile app. It's the easiest way to get your hands on Papa Murphy's Pizza. And the thing that I love about Papa Murphy's Pizza is you can... You can pretty easily order it at 6 a.m. for 4 o'clock in the afternoon pickup, right? Like, that's the that's the thing you love. That's what I love about Papa Murphy's. Oh, by the way, the pizza's freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would tell you every single day of your life, if you can have the marinara meatball on top of a calzone, it's over. You'll never live a better life than that. At Papa Murphy's Pizza, use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Uh, Riley O'Brien says, the Monty show greater than the Pat McAfee show. Appreciate that, although Pat's fantastic. Riley also says, agree, Jake. You trade Donovan Rudy to get your new star eventually. Marketing is good, but man, if we can get Scooter Ammon, I would. I will literally tell every person I see, ain't no reset. But it's the truth, dude. Like, you need, <laughs> like... Uh, all jokes aside, you need a guy like that. You can't have, you can't roll out this whole thing about, hey, we're going to be a championship contender inside of, you know, five years and then live, exactly on, right. live on the production of Lori last year and then not go out and, and take advantage of what, in my opinion, is one of the most loaded drafts talent wise at the point guard position we've seen in the last couple of seasons. So to me, I, I'm going to have a problem. I'm not going to be pissed at Danny, but like I would have a little bit of an issue, maybe some frustration if we want to word it that way, if you stayed at nine. Because I love Taylor you Hendricks. And, and 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 I love Anthony Black, but Scoot Henderson and Ammon Thompson are generational point guard talents. Those are talents that that are not just, you know, like readily available. So for me, I'm just sitting here saying, okay, I need to solidify positions in my starting five for the next five years as soon as possible. I've got Lori and I've got Walker. My four and my five are good to go. 
I can expect Walker Kessler to give me a 20 and 10 game pretty regularly inside of the next two or three years. Not even a problem. Lori, or, uh, yeah, Lori is a guy that, that I can say, okay, this is someone who can pop off for 40, but is regularly a 25 point a night guy. And they're doing that without a point guard to initiate the offense on a regular basis. So those that production is going to go up. And what does Ammon Thompson give me in in his individual well, role? I mean, if I'm getting if I'm getting in his rookie season, if I'm getting 20, 20 points and seven dimes, I'm going to be happy with that. I'm going to be really happy with that. And then if that if that you know expands to you know twenty five and ten. If he turns into that kind of player, yeah. now you can see the path. And doing it through the draft means you're going to be able to build a bench, too. So not taking point guard here, in my opinion, is a massive mistake for the long-term build. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see how all this plays out. I, I think it's one of those things where you just have to kind of – you have to be as aggressive as you need to be to get the guy you want. Yeah. And this Utah Jazz team, and I know it sounds simplistic, but I'm telling you, this Utah Jazz team has the guy. They know who they want, and they're being very close to the vest on it, as they should be. But Danny Ainge and, and Justin Zanuck know the guy. They've identified the guy, and I think they're willing to do what they need to do. I mean, you don't come this Thanks. far. You don't come this far just to go this far. Agreed. You know what I mean? Like, you you got to get after it. There is no question. Yeah. Uh, Alex says, love this show this time. Of, love the show this time of day. Really miss Monty in the morning. Appreciate you. Landon Davis, whatever Danny does, I trust. Facts. Okay. okay. Hasn't given you a reason not to trust him yet. Okay. MJ Bissett, hey, why so early? What the heck? I missed the most of the show. The beautiful thing, it lives forever. Lives forever. Uh, the Big Mugamba says, dang, Papa Murphy's sounds kind of good right now, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Papa Murphy's always sounds good. Always, always sounds good on the Monty Show. Um, where do, Should we talk about Tyreek Hill today? Nah, we can. I mean, he's going to be in trouble for a minute. We can save it if you want. All right. By the way, they have not found the submarine yet. It's not a submarine. I'm Use sorry. The they, have not found the, they have not found the not a submarine yet. How dare uh, you? Yeah, the submersible. Thank you. The pod. Okay, so remember we talked about best and worst case scenarios on this? <laughs> yeah. Dude. So they're flying an airplane over what they believe to be the most likely spot that this submersible got into trouble. Yeah. Which happens to be very near the Titanic wreckage, as we all are aware. So this airplane hears a noise underneath the ocean. Okay, but that's not abnormal. You hear noises. Whales fart all the time, right? right. Like you yeah. hear noises in the water. But they continued to monitor, and it was banging every 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes, they hear banging for five hours. Every 30 minutes. Obviously, they believe this is a sign of life on this submersible. Yeah. But remember we talked about worst case scenario? Because the hard truth is, and I don't know what you guys think about this. My opinion is, the hard truth is, if you're on the ocean floor, you're done. It's over. If you are on the ocean, if that submersible is at the bottom of the ocean, they're dead. Um. Because as so many people have described, there's not technology available to save them. 
they've got less than 24 hours of air left. Yeah, there's this theory that I'm not even sure is possible that the Navy has this device of some kind. I don't even know what it's called. But basically, you can pull things from the bottom of the ocean in, in sort of like a, a wench kind of device. It, it's more complicated than that, but that's the general logic. But the problem with that even is that that's great. Let's say you could even do that. You still got to get them out of that thing. You got it. No, no. Like you have to find them first. Well, yeah, there's that. They yeah. haven't found it yet. Yeah. They haven't found it yet. You're looking two, two, three miles down in the ocean. What is it? 13,000 feet. Yeah. Two and a half miles, 13,200 feet. You're looking 13,000 feet in pitch black conditions. Yeah. Pitch black. 31 and a half degrees at the bottom of the ocean, they say. And by the way, their carbon is, is their CO2 is filling up the compartment um, of this small vessel. Um, so you're running out of time here, dude. Absolutely. You're less than 24 hours to go. You haven't found it. And then when you do find it, you A, have to hope they're alive and B, put a plan in place to get that thing off the floor in time to save them. You're you know. fucked. It's over. If yeah. you're on the ocean floor, you are dead. Yeah. Simple. Now, there is a scenario that was on MSNBC this morning. One of the guys who was the original, one of the original people who found the wreck of the Titanic. Because remember, I think what it takes 75 years just to find where the Titanic went down. Yes. Yes. So a French research group finds a Titanic and they have these little submersible ship things that go down. And they're going down and down, going down, coming up, going down, coming up, going down, coming up, right? The last venture to the bottom of the ocean to see the Titanic, it's a two-man crew, mm -hmm. a pilot and this explorer. This explorer was on MSNBC last night. And he told a remarkable story. The story is that his submersible goes down to the Titanic and they land on top of the Titanic, on the, on the house where the captain and all the crew right. command the Titanic ship. They land on, I think they call it the pilot house. They land their submersible on the pilot house. And right before they're about to take off to go back to the top, the pilot and this explorer sit there and have a moment of reflection and they say to themselves, man, dude, we're just so lucky to have been through this expedition and done all these dives. They did like 30 dives. Like, what a great moment. And we're just so fortunate to have been here. This is great. Man, look at, you're, you're, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. No, no, you're amazing. Like, they share that moment, right? All right, all right, let's go back home. I got to take a dump. So the pilot raises a submersible. Oh, it's trapped on the pilot house. And they lost radio communication. This so, is code 10 abort. Do they panic and die? They don't. What they did is they figured it out. They didn't panic. They were able to reestablish communication. The, another submersible came down, and it turns out when they landed their submersible on the pilot house, they got caught under telephone wire. And they had another submersible there that was able to say to them, hey, you know, you back up, go up, go down, go forward, go back, go up, left, right. And they were able to free themselves and they got back up to the surface with an hour of air left. Bro.
So this other submersible, they can't find it. But it can be done as long as you can find it. Yeah. And they can't find it because they don't have communication with it. And what they say is, and this expert in submersibles says, if they have not by now reestablished communication, it means they don't have power. And if they don't have power, what does that mean? Okay, here's where it gets scary. They're in pitch black. They don't have heat. And they're tapping and pounding on the walls of the ship to try and get themselves rescued because that's all they can do. They are literally sitting there re- waiting to die. Yep. How terrible is that shit? Oh, dear. Oh, my God. Like, can, yeah, there, there are ways to go, and then there are not ways to go. Dude, yeah, rough, I, I don't want to go that way. That's I rough. do not want that for myself. Hey, um... Michael Peck says, wait, what? Why is the Monty show on right now? Because we had a scheduling issue. And so the, the question was, do we not do the show or do we give you guys a show early? We decided to give you guys a show early. Because we hate missing shows. We never take days yeah. off, really. Rarely. Um, Depressed Snoopy's a new member of the show. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Gotta love that. Boom. Cubs are up 6-3 to three in the 7th. Cruising. Al Leiter Jr. just got hit by a line drive. Yeah, nothing to worry about here. The yeah. Cubs. Oh, my God, the Cubs. Um, Case Sumbry, are you guys really live? Yes. Uh, no, this no. is a simulation. Nope. He said, is this real life? Nah, dude. We're actually, this isn't live. We're at the bottom of the ocean near the Titanic. Yeah, we're in a darkness retreat. Um, you know. You know. Giggity, the Navy does have the system to pull it up. The issue is finding a needle in a haystack. Agreed. Yep. I'm telling, and it's... I'm not joking or making light of it, but dude, they're dead. It's over. Cause I have to, you, if they haven't reestablished communication, apparently these things are very systematic. If a, then B. Okay. If, if they haven't reestablished communication, then that means they lost power. The power unit probably failed. So they have no thrusters. So what does that mean? Slow descent to the bottom of the ocean. If you're at the bottom of the ocean, dude. It's over. And they haven't found you yet. You're dead. It's over. It's over. Yeah, truck stop gummy. Unfortunately, game over. You know. Uh, Go black. Go tigers. Slam ball announces a media deal with ESPN before the limp 12. Is that that a real thing? Is that that true? You know. Uh, Bryce Martin. Plus, they don't have any food or drinkable water for three days. Yeah. Oh. No, you're getting in trouble without water for three days. Oh. Oh. Mark, uh, 324, the show early is like San Diego State joining the Big East. Yeah. Joining the Big East. Waves in opposition. There you go. Uh, Bryce Martin, this is literally the worst way to die. The Dude, right? worst way to die. So you're going to die of hypothermia. It's pitch black. You're hearing all the sounds of the ocean, I might add, right? Because that's the other thing no one's talking about. Mm-hmm. You imagine the sounds you hear down there? Can you imagine? Like, I, yeah, I, I I don't know, dude. Like, that's just, I, I, again, this is why I say I'm not interested in going to the bottom of the freaking ocean, man. Like, yeah. I'm not. Like, cool. Hey, Titanic's down there. Great, dude. I'm If I'm going to go and put my life in danger, which is what I consider this to be before yeah. this ever happened, if you're going to the bottom of the ocean in adverse conditions of any variety. If you're skydiving, bottom of the ocean, 
you know, if you're driving an F1 car, whatever. Dude, you need to be prepared to die. And I'm not trying to be exaggerated, guy. But you need to be prepared for these things to happen. Yeah. Like, even hiking in, out in, in, in the wilderness, off the grid, as they say. You better know how to start a fire without any type of lighter. You better know how to build, you know, like, uh, housing for yourself and, and be able to protect yourself. Like, you got to know these things. Mm. That's their problem. Mm -mm -mm. You're in the ocean, bro. You're, you're out of control. There's nothing you can do. You're done. Do the fish swim by and just give you the finger? Yeah, probably. Probably. They know reset. Do you look out the window? If, if you're down there, do you look out the window? Man, I don't think I look out the window. I, I just, yeah. I, 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 I'm not interested mm. in going to the bottom of the ocean, man. Yeah, Truck Stop Gumby says, so no redundancy. You would think you would have redundancy on some level. Waves in opposition. Like, hey, if your main thruster fails, don't you have a backup? <laughs> like they had an observation <laughs> ship above. How is there no emergency, hey, we got to ping the surface type deal that's not connected to the ship's power? Or how do you how do you not have like explosive something that boosts you back up to the like something I, emergency something. something something Bryce Martin says no Jake I don't want to imagine that especially when I can't see anything it's terrifying bro do you, I mean and your phone's probably dead so you can't use your flashlight well you're not yeah I mean you're not yeah yeah there's hey, there's no uh, there's no service down right there, but oh you still take your phone to take pictures and stuff. Do you? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm not leaving my phone up there. Uh, Aztec country, we're all going to die. Um, Sufjan Stevens. Who the f*** is that guy? Okay. I'm never going to die. I'm going to live forever. Uh, there should have been more rescue preparedness. Yes, there should have. Uh, it's statistically more dangerous to drive a Subi really fast in the woods than to ride in a sub to see the Titanic. <laughs> well played. Giggity, why was this tin can not tethered to the ship? It's Another great question. Two and a half, but it's two and a half miles away. Okay, we got two and a half miles of rope. No, come on. Come on. You got to be, dude. The problem is that this company was allegedly derelict in safety. Well, like that's multiple, clear. multiple lawsuits, whistleblowers. Like, I'm just, they wanted to use this thing's made of carbon fiber, they didn't want to use titanium. And the owner of the company who also built this thing was like, I'm not going to follow in everybody's footsteps. I'm, I'm innovating. Hey, that's cool until you're dead on the floor of the ocean. Come on. Uh, it's fair. When do you think they knew they were screwed? Uh, I mean, you had to know. I think, man, can you imagine it? You're just like cruising along and you guys are, you're probably eating cookies and they've just done meal service or something. <coughs> <coughs> And then the lights go out. <coughs> Dude. And the guy's probably like, oh, don't panic. Okay, and that's enough. Stop, please. There's no power. You can't control anything. And you're just sinking. You know the worst thing about that? And it, oh, probably took you, it probably took you half an hour to sink all that way. And then the moment that the, the submersible hits the ocean floor. Is that not just sheer panic? At what point are you like, I just want this to it end? It took the Titanic three hours to get from the surface to the ocean floor. So if it took the Titanic that long, how long did it take Buddy and his little tin can? Oh, man. Dude, I, I don't even. Yeah, I'm, I'm, nah, I'm, dude. yeah, I'm good, dude. 
Ooh, it's by fair. The way, yes. Sorry. By the way, when do they send a pod down to search for this thing? When do you go down and say, okay, we got to go hunting now? Yeah. Don't, don't you know. have to do that? I don't think they ever recover it. Yeah. I, I just don't think you'll ever. Yeah. I don't think you will. I don't think you'll ever see it again. It's fair says, ah, eh, don't worry about it. We'll reset the batteries. Dude. <laughs> I know reset. Bryce Martin, the amount of money this company is going to have to pay in lawsuits now should have invested in safety measures. But, but like, even but, just in pay, we're not talking about, we're not talking about like, like, you know, a contact sport. We're talking about two and a half miles into the ocean and you didn't want to invest in safety? Yeah, I can't do uh, it. How? Like, even for your own personal, like, I understand, hey, carbon fiber is strong. It's not strong enough. No. It no, is not, not strong enough, dude. No, it's not. Breaking news in the NBA for you. As always, all of our NBA talk on the Monty Show uh, is presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, apparently is a target of the Boston Celtics as the Wizards and Celtics are talking about a deal according to Shams Charania. Mm-hmm. Shams is saying that they are having a trade discussions between Boston and Washington. You like no. you like Chris Stapps on the Celtics? No, not at all. I think he's not he's not that guy. He's a, he's a decent little player, but it's not like you're not that it, guy. It's pal. not like you know Porzingis is all of a sudden going to make you win the NBA Finals. He's not going to. He's not to me. He's not the added piece, dude. If you're going to go after Chris Stapps, why aren't you going after PG? Well, why aren't you going after Dane? There you go. Like why? Like like there I love Jason Tatum and Jalen. But, like, it's not getting the job done. You need a Dame Time, yeah, a Paul George, a guy who is an established superstar in this league. Well, and I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, you you guys feel free to tell me. But I, I think I, – I wonder, I wonder what you guys think about um, – I wonder what you guys think about Chris Stapps Porzingis. Has he ever returned to the status as a Nick? I don't think he has. I don't think so. I really don't think he has. I don't, and I, there is this prevailing theory, and I know this pisses off Mavericks fans every time I say this, so I apologize. But there is this prevailing theory that nobody wants to play with Luka Doncic. Well, yeah, and I, I've heard that repeatedly. Right, like we've talked about this on the show. He's very difficult to play with. You look at what Jalen's done with the Knicks. You look at, you know, the, just the guys who have come and gone from there. They're better players when they leave there. Yeah. And I think Chris Stapps Porzingis went to Dallas to die. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I think. I think he went to Dallas to die. And I, I think when you look at um, Chris Stapps with the Knicks, uh, sure, the knee injury, mm, you look at who he was in Washington. It's not like this guy's been a scrub in Washington. Chris Stapps Porzingis has been a much better player for the Wizards than he was for the Mavericks. Right. And again, I think a lot of that was, hey, Brad didn't play a lot of games, right? Beal was missed a lot of time. You have a guy in, in, in Gafford there, Kuzma's there. Like, you look at the, the crew that's rolled through there with Porzingis, you have a more team-oriented style there. It allows him to be that player again. I mean, he's had this past season, 22-23, with the Wizards was his best season since 16-17 with the Knicks. He played 65 games, 32 minutes, 23 points, 
49% from the field, 38% from three. 30, and that's the number. Yeah. Because he he is back as a shooter. Eight rebounds, two assists. I mean, if he replaces Al Horford and you upgrade that position, and he's going to give you that 38%. And, and it's, what is, I, I, do you know what his number is? Like, I'm, it, like, I actually think, sitting here thinking through it now, like, I feel like that's a good fit. The question is, does he fit with Tatum? Yeah, I think he does. Okay, again, another one-year one year rental guy. Yes. So, so if you put him with Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, Marcus Smart, and who's that fifth guy? Like, who's your... It, it, it almost doesn't matter. But you have to keep most of that roster intact because I think Porzingis lifts those guys a little bit. So Porzingis is 36 a year. And when you look at That's Boston's affordable, cap... dude. But you look at Boston's cap. Tatum's making 32. Jalen Brown's making 28 with an incentive of three a year. So that's, you know, again, 31, 32, somewhere in that neighborhood. So you're at 60-ish there. You're looking at Brogdon at 22 and Marcus Smart at 18. Those are your five guys that you've been running with for a minute. Are you willing to trade Robert Williams to get Chris Stapps Porzingis Rob- on a one-year deal? Robert Williams and Al Horford. Those are the two guys I'd move. Those two guys. Yeah. Al Horford's got... What does he have and then, left on his And then deal? Peyton Pritchard wants to be traded. So if you go Derek White, Robert Williams, and Peyton Pritchard, you know, that works. I think this is Horford's last year there. I think Robert Williams has three years. I mean, I would trade Robert Williams to get Chris that Because you're in a you're, – you're, are you in a championship window? Almost certainly yes. in Boston you are. Right? Almost certainly in Boston you are. I would trade Robert Williams to get Chris Stapps Porzingis on a one-year deal. 100%. I think you have to. 100%. Because Rob's another guy that's been hurt. I mean, he's really good, but he's not your prototypical guy. I mean, Porzingis, who's closer to the dad bod god? Like, who's closer to Nikola Jokic? Porzingis or Robert Williams? Well, Porzingis is. Yeah. That's the center. Who's closer to Joel Embiid? Robert Williams or Chris Stapps Porzingis? Porzingis is. Yeah. I, I And I like Robert Williams a lot, but you want to win or you don't. You know, like I, I look at the other guy that's interesting on that team is Derek White. How important is Derek White to Boston? Very important. Dude, I think he's critical. Grant Williams is a fucking fraud, dude. I'm telling you. And I don't hate Grant Williams, but I'm just not a, I, I, I'm not a Grant Williams guy. Yeah, he's restricted free agency. A lot of people are interested in him. I I'm not overpaying to keep him. He's only eight million dollars for someone to pick him up. Yeah, like. I'm not. I'm not overpaying to keep him. Yeah, I'm not. That's an interesting note, by the way. Yeah. Uh, do the Celtics keep Jalen Brown? Yes, Bryce they says because the Celtics move uh, off Brown for KP and draft picks. I, you need them. You need all three together. You need Tatum, you Brown, do. and Porzingis if you're going to beat Miami. You I think need you it. Do. And by the way, Jalen Brown's really popular in that locker room. Yeah. I mean, well, and with the players' union too. And, and I'm I'm just telling you, dude. Chris Stapps Porzingis left left Dallas, and he's a he's a he's a really good player. He's a really good player, and I I just think Luca continues to be a problem in Dallas because and he's only 27. I mean, just, this guy isn't old. No, but he had a catastrophic knee injury. I like that knee injury. I think wrecked his reputation. Mm-hmm. Don't forget what Chris Stapps Porzingis was as a Nick, because I think he's close to that in Washington. Yeah. Nobody watches in Washington. 
It's true. But, you know, yeah. Jordan Royal says the Slam Ball thing is legit, says it'll return to ESPN next month. Slam Ball's fun to watch. Yeah, Slam Ball is fun to watch. Um, let's see. Bryce Martin says, but does KP match up well against Bam? If not, then th- then you downgraded. Yeah, but Bam wasn't what decided their success. I mean, no. yeah, Bam is one of their key guys, but but if you have Tatum, Brown, and, and Chris Stapps, you're going to be switching on defense all day anyway. So, like, to me, you know, again, I, I just don't think that, like, Boston Dude, needs to get me over. They need the guy that just push him over the what edge. What they need is the guy who can score when Jason Tatum disappears. Yeah. That, if we're truth-telling, right, what killed them in the playoffs, Boston? It was Tatum had long stretches where he just was not effective. Same problem for Miami. Need someone who can score when Jimmy's not feeling Jimmy, when Jimmy's not Hemi. Tyler Hero is not Chris Dapps Porzingis. No. And nope. I, so we'll see. It's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Uh, Bryce also says he would need a Katie Chris Paul type player who didn't need the ball in their hands but can still shoot the lights out. I think Luca is a real flipping problem. Mm-hmm. I think he is he is incredibly difficult to deal with. He is. So breaking news out of the NBA. Uh, again, I tell you that Shams is nailing it. The last week he's had some big ones, and this one, Washington and Boston, talking about a Chris Stapps Porzingis deal, I think that's a big, big deal, and it's Fast. all brought to you on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. Triday Trading slash Monty. Get your $10 30-day membership at TridayTrading.com. <laughs> I got it right. $10 30-day membership. And listen, inside of that 30 days, you know the best part about Triday Trading is they're not trying to hoodwink you or convince you. or They're telling you, try our program for 10 bucks, And we're going to take that $10 and give it to charity. It's a tax write-off for you. Program. Right? Try the 10 buck 30-day membership. In that 30 days, they're going to give you full coaching, full process, full algorithm. They're going to teach you the ways of the Shogun when it comes to day trading. And the thing I always say is, did you make $1,000 today? Did you make $1,000 today? You didn't. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Did you make $200 today? Oh, you didn't. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Because what I tell you is when you, tr- when you day trade, let's say you're tired of your boss, you're tired of going into the office again, those bastards forced you to come in. Okay, great. <laughs> Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Make $1,000 a day working for yourself, running your own business, living the life you've dreamed of, right? Because if you think about it, what is $1,000 a day? It's $5,000 a week, $20,000 a month, right? Think about that money at a minimum. Think about what that means. 20 Gs a month. Would that be okay? It's $240,000 a year. Would that be okay? I think it would, right? And then you're building on top of that. You're not that far from being a guy who's got real net worth, who's got real assets, the house, the car, the Disney vacations your neighbor took that you couldn't afford, trydaytrading.com. Here's the other part. You wanna keep your full-time job? Totally fine. Learn at your pace, trydaytrading.com slash Monty, 30-day, $10 trial membership. You know how you day trade part-time? They teach you how to program your systems using their process. You, pr- you spend an hour and a half in the morning, program your systems, go to work, forget about it. You come back, you've made two, three, four hundred $400 that day. All automated, all systematic, it does it for you. It's a side hustle that pays you while you work. 
You don't even have to worry about doing all this extra work. Program your system, walk out the door, go to work, make two, three, four hundred dollars while you're working. It's an amazing system, but you can't do it unless you take the leap of faith. Stop talking about it. Start changing your life. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Sign up for the $10 30-day trial membership at Tridaytrading.com. Um, Derek says, I'd trade whatever did Luca. Okay. I mean, I I, I speak English on this show, but uh, <coughs> Brady Cook. What's up, Brady? <coughs> uh, wonder if Minnesota keeps Carl with Rudy. No. No. I think Carl Anthony Towns gets a new zip code. Yeah, I agree. Because you're not tra- Rudy's contract is untradeable at this yeah. point. And with how low his value is, I mean, you're just not. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Uh, Sam J. I like driving from Salt Lake to Mill Creek. It's how far down they are in the ocean. It's wild to think about, isn't it? Like, think about that distance. That's how far down they are in the ocean. Like, think about that. Instead of on land vertically, you're diving into the ocean that deep. I'm. And it's pitch black. Yeah. There's a, we have a, a graphic that shows, I believe, where sunlight oh, yes, stops. Sorry. Oh, my God. Do we really want to see this? Do we really want to see this? Look at that. Um, let me, if I could manipulate the graphics properly. Um, Victor 6000 ROV expected late Wednesday. Right? Look at that. Maximum depth sunlight penetrates 3,300 feet. You're talking about 10,000 more feet that you have to dive down. Operational depth of a military Vanguard submarine, 1,000 feet. Limits for recreational divers on air, 130 feet. Dude, they're 12,500 feet below the ocean. Dude, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's nice knowing you guys. That's when you're dead, dude. You are dead. There's no way to rescue. It's terrifying to me. It's over. It is absolutely terrifying to me. And the worst part is, this is how you're living your life right now. This is the tube that they're in, piled on top of each other. Pitch black, no light. Freezing cold, and you're out of air in about 24 hours. uh, Like, I can't. I can't. No! I I am absolutely terrified by it. Yeah, no, I'm good, dude. I am terrified by it. Truck Stop Gumby, Victor 6000 Rover is not the way. No, it's not. Wow. Wow. No, it's not. Victor's the way. Good Lord. No, it's not. I, I just can. Mm, I just want to go to sleep. It, it, and they say when you because these people are going to die of hypothermia before they run out of air. Yeah. Truth be told, these cats in this Rover will die of hypothermia. Because it's 31 and a half degrees at the bottom of the ocean. And the, when you die of hypothermia, you essentially, you go through pain and then you fall asleep. And so right about now, they're probably trying not to fall asleep because they will be dead. It's terrifying, dude. It makes me misty thinking about this father and son from Pakistan. Yeah, dude. Thinking about this scientist who's given his life to the ocean. Why did you get on this thing? Why did you get on? I don't understand it. What's the old saying? You had the best of intentions. You did. But what does it matter? Best of intentions. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, dude. It does not matter. It doesn't. I mean, best of intentions is one thing. But there's, there's just no way. Yeah. 
There's no way. The Monty Show is presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. The Advocates, where you never pay a penny until and unless they win your case. You never reach into your pocket to pay The Advocates. Did you get hurt at work today? Did your mom, your sister, your cousin, did they get hit by a car while riding their bike? Did somebody's reckless, distracted driving cause an accident? You didn't deserve that accident. You didn't deserve that injury, but you deserve an advocate who will fight for you. Chat with an attorney live online for free, theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.